Hey everyone, this is Brandon Rakowski, finally returned from LA, and this is the Nightmares Podcast. Three Chicago filmmakers talking about everything horror and what we put into our filmmaking. Uh, once again, this is Brandon Rakowski, director of photography and head writing of Living Nightmares. To my left is... Just had to say your name twice there, didn't you, buddy? Because I love my name. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm awesome. Wow, you're talking about him being a dick. <laughs> you Here's the thing, I own up to it because I'm also awesome. The, uh, Do you have a last name, Zach, or are you like Cher? What's a Cher? Oh, God. Or are you like Moby? Or Madonna. The fuck are those? Or Hook. Hook! Let's go with Hook. Yeah, okay, alright. <laughs> so I can get behind that one. <laughs> the, uh, hey, everybody, and this is Mark Conway, executive producer and co-creator of Living Nightmares. Um, uh, and happy to have uh, Mr. B-Man back from California. I'm sure he's uh, very excited to tell us about uh, some stuff that he learned and some some cool people he got to meet. Oh, yeah. He's um, actually pretentious class. since he went to an L.A. master class. Yes, indeed, yes, question. Yeah, yes, I've indeed. adopted the L.A. lifestyle. It's actually pronounced Brandon now. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear another man scream in pain and agony. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's God. You know what? And I might let him because it was really douchey. <laughs> so, hey, so hey, tonight we got a lot of really cool stuff to cover. Um, uh, obviously, uh, we got a big announcement in horror movie news that's going to lead into our genre of topic, um, and that's the uh, um, uh, Godzilla coming out very, very soon. Um, and I believe a new trailer just got dropped, so everybody's very excited about that. Well, it is one week away, so that trailer is going to contain nothing but spoilers. Less than a week. Oh yeah! Today is Memorial Day, and we are seeing it Thursday night. Well, we're recording this on Memorial Day. Yes, should be out by Wednesday, the day before. So hmm. we hope. Hope, hopefully. Keyword: We make no promises. Nope. The uh, what do you guys think of the last uh, of the last Godzilla? Very not bad. Yeah, but disappointing. It, it was when you cut away from your monster fight to show it on a TV screen, and then just completely ignore that. It's like. Well, there's also Brian Cranston's character is great. I thought he had excellent motivation, excellent I... performance, and then they kill him off like 20 minutes in. Yeah. And but... so it's like, you can either give me interesting characters or giant monster fights, but, if you're, but after they killed him off, it's like, okay, they took away the interesting characters, but then they waited to show us the giant monster, until like the last 10 minutes to show us the giant monster fights. So it's like, you can't give me either one. And for me, it was like, I when I go see a Godzilla movie, I expect to see Godzilla. I want yeah. my giant monster fights. And in this one, I wasn't really expecting that much monster fighting because this is a reboot of Godzilla for an American audience taking place in America. So I expect maybe they'll start it off like the old Godzilla movies where he'll just be this kind of destroying monster and all that stuff, which is cool. And then later on in the second one when or third one, he'll fight King Kong or whatever. I That's kind of what I was expecting. But, you know, we got a... It was a decent fight at the end of the movie. I was a little disappointed with how lackluster his atomic breath was. The monsters he fight were pretty generic as well. That was kind of disappointing. Too. I didn't have a problem with the monsters. I just... Got I, don't, I don't think I'm going to have that issue with the new one, though. No, I don't think so. And if you do... Well, if there is a problem with, you know, the most iconic monsters in cinematic history fighting each other, then there is a serious problem here. The um, Which, actually, I mean, the director they got is two for two so far, so I got high hopes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, just from the only... I saw the first trailer, and just based off that alone, it's like... It looks like 90% of this movie is going to be giant monsters fucking shit up. So. Yeah. 
that's what I want to see. And Kong Skull Island was excellent as well. Kong Skull Island was a beautiful movie. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah, the um, and, and then they've got an interesting director in line for Godzilla versus Kong. That's gonna be interesting. What's yeah. who's the director? Adam Weingard. He did Your Next, The Guest, which I really liked. The new Blair Witch. Yeah, I don't know about that one. And the live action Netflix movie of Death Note. Oh. So you're about a coin toss. Yeah. He's, he's about a coin toss. Like, he did the guest, which I really liked, and I've heard good things about your next. Blair Witch was. Shaky Cam 9000. And Aliens. Oh, you're talking about in the Blair Witch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just know it was Shaky Cam 9000. Oh, oh, the first 10 minutes of the new Blair Witch was probably some of the worst Shaky Cam I've ever seen. And also there's time travel and Aliens. I still need to see both. Because why not? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like, actually I think I saw Blair Witch like the day of your portfolio show. No, you did. I You came and you yeah. were just shaking up like, holy crap. <laughs> I gotta tell you about, about the, the dumpster fire. I I'm just watched. sitting here listening to this like, I gotta see it, but I'm in the middle of a damn graduation ceremony. And any conversation we had that day was more important than anything happening at that. Oh no, you're not wrong. That that whole fucking thing was a proverbial waste of time. No, it still still goes back to our blur blurish jokes. Then of course there's a Death Note, which have you seen that? Yes. Have you seen the anime? Yes. Okay, so you know how much of a shit show that movie was. Um, the first roughly two thirds of it, I didn't mind. There are things that could have definitely been done better. But it wasn't bad, but the last act is where it got really dumb. Like that whole thing with the Ferris wheel, For me, that was like an IQ of one. For me, it was really when he first sees the Shinigami and freaks the fuck mm-hmm. out like, Wow, you're such a coward! Like Willem Dafoe is the voice of the. Oh, Willem, da- was, Willem Dafoe was, like, was the only good thing that came out of that movie. That made sense. That was actually really yeah, good. And really, it's well Willem done. Dafoe. Yeah, you, know, you can't go wrong with that. Has he ever done a bad performance? Uh, a twenty-four movie. Oh. But was the performance bad? Was his actual performance bad? Uh, yes, Zach. Look, it's a twenty-four. It's just uh, you, all around. Yeah, oh god, I'm not gonna get into that bias. Um, the one big thing I wanted you to bring up, because you told me over the phone while you were still in L.A., in the same vein as Godzilla, you get to meet somebody from one of the, one of the Godzillas. The uh, the DP of 1999 Godzilla. 98. 98 Godzilla. Yes. Uh, so while I was at the ASC Masterclass, um, would have been a little over a week now as, the t- as of the time of this recording, our instructor on day two is Uli Steiger, who is the DP for... Movies such as The Day After Tomorrow, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Because, <laughs> again, because why the hell not? A personal favorite of mine, Bowfinger, with Steve Martin. Highly underrated movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's a, that, that movie is Tropic Thunder before Tropic Thunder. Pretty much, yeah. And, of course, he did the 1998 Godzilla. Uh, he was also the second unit DP for Independence Day. And actually how he got the job for Godzilla was the um, the DP for Independence Day had to leave for a few days for a paternity leave. Um, so they brought on Steiger. And he's actually the DP that shot the 
alien autopsy scene. Which is probably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Other than, you know, the whole damn city of, uh, what's it called, being destroyed? L.A. There yeah. are a lot of cities in that movie that get destroyed. A lot of them. It's actually, it's actually still one of my favorite movies. And that, that scene's actually fantastic. The, um, uh, especially when they all come in at the end of the surgery and they, they shoot up the glass. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, no, it's a great, uh, a great movie. I, I can't say so much about the 98 Godzilla. Um, I actually never saw it. I, I was going to say. I actually know Uli Steiger more for his comedies than for his um, action movies. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find my phones. I can look up his filmography for you guys. I, I think, I, I, I think uh, that, um, uh, I think it was just because the special effects were so bad. And you actually told me something recently that I didn't know about that. I'll let you get into the. The special effects bad in the 98 Godzilla? Yeah, they were bad. The, uh, if you watch them now, they're terrible. I was going to say, it's been many a year since I've they're, seen they're, it. They're, but, they're um, terrible. The, um, uh, so yeah, Uli Steiger, he has been the director of photography for such movies as Promised Land, The Hot Spot, directed by Dennis Hopper and starring <laughs> Don Johnson, <laughs> uh, Soap Dish. <laughs> Hold on, I need, I need to soak that yeah. in for a second. I'm sure you do. Oh, that's great. Um, soap Dish, Singles... Uh, the Jerky Boys, Godzilla, Austin Powers 2, Bowfinger, Black Knight with Martin Lawrence. That, that movie was great. <laughs> that movie was funny. I may be in the minority in that one, but I freaking love that damn movie. Uh, Stealing Harvard with Jason Lee and Tom Green. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC. So it's he all. Also, he at- also did some additional cinematography for Marvel's Doctor Strange. Um, Independence Day, as I mentioned, Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, Second Unit for Con Air, The Patriot, mm. and Holes. Oh, and Zathura. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. I wonder how many people actually remember Zathura. Uh, it's the sort of sequel to Jumanji. Keyword, sort of. Sure. Um, uh, it's based on a book by the same author. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's possibly huh. the same universe. Yeah. Um... You know, he was a really nice guy, learned a lot. Um, he, of all the instructors, he's probably the one that I had the least amount of one-on-one time with. Um, but I did, but he did answer a few of my questions about like moving in from wide shots to close-ups, like how he handles his like a common question I asked all of that I tried to ask all the instructors uh, one-on-one was how they handle. Uh, any kind of lighting changes moving in from wide shots to close-ups um and yeah he was a really nice guy very knowledgeable had a lot to share about his career nice yeah nice very very cool the um sounds like a good time oh it was so and all in all, I think everybody's pretty excited about about the new Godzilla coming out oh I sure as shit am I know the three the three people over here are very excited um, I, the, uh, um, we're actually seeing it on IMAX. That's pretty. That's awesome. the first IMAX movie I've seen, and I don't know how over ten years. Like I haven't been to that theater, I'm, and I don't know how long. I'm not that long ago. I I did see. Did you go see the Hobbit? I saw the third Hobbit in IMAX, and that was because the theater I saw it at at the time that I wanted to see it, they were sold out of the regular showing, so we saw. IMAX instead. Um, I also saw Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in IMAX and The Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. I yes. feel like there might have been one more, but I'm not remembering. 
remembering what it was. I saw Deadpool and IMAX, and there's a, the most recent one that I actually saw. One or two? One. The um, uh, which was it was just a lot of fun. Oh, I imagine it was a lot of fun. It was the it more specifically it was the Navy Pier IMAX. Yeah, the Navy Pier IMAX is the only like like if you're going to one of the basic theater IMAXs, you're not getting the same experience. No, no, no the no, Navy not. Pier IMAX is the IMAX to go yeah. to. So that's why when I say if you're going to IMAX, you're going to Navy Pier. Yeah. If you're going to Regal or Cinemark or whatever their IMAX actually I don't even think Cinemark has IMAX either way if you're going to theirs you're not getting the IMAX experience yeah. you're just Pier, not at least when I first came to Chicago Navy Pier's IMAX was still film projection I think they've since switched over to digital um, but I know at one point they were like in the early part of this decade they were still film yeah. because uh, the reason I saw Ghost Protocol there was for only film projected IMAX screenings they had the first scene of Dark Knight Rises playing before it so that's the whole reason I saw Mission Impossible 4 and I actually ended up enjoying Mission Impossible 4 quite a lot um, and then of course I saw Dark Knight Rises in the same IMAX theater it's also the only reason why everyone went to go to see I Am Legend because they were going to drop the, uh, the Dark Knight trailer during that movie as well ways to sell your movie ladies and gentlemen <laughs> put it in the tra- as a trailer in other movies uh, well, I mean, now and the yes. internet's a thing, so that's not really a which is, option these days. Which is super, super great. The, you can uh, maybe get away with it day one, but after that, it's it's game over. <laughs> you know, some funny is actually hey, that was probably one of my favorite movie theater experiences ever going to see Deadpool because hey, hey, I could easily tell who the nerds were and who the normal people were based on what <laughs> joke was being said in fucking Deadpool. Dude, like when he was, uh, everyone when he's getting dragged away, he's like, we gotta take you to this professor. He's like, McAvoy or Stewart. And like 20 people over here laugh. And I'm like, oh, then, oh, the nerd section's over there. Okay. I'm just uh, gonna go move. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move over here. I'll see you guys later. The, uh, my, my people over here. The, um, uh, these timelines are so confusing. Dude, the, I was uh, super disappointed that only, like, a quarter of the theater laughed for the Alien 3 reference in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? That was great! Dude, Rip, Rip, uh, Ripley from Alien 3. Fuck, you're old. S- <laughs> she says to the people in the audience that laughed. Yeah, no, it wasn't that Deadpool. It was the people who laughed in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a mirror... Here is you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor, 1995. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I fucking love that. <sighs> I'm, about, I'm, I'm a guy about to go talk to a girl. What the fuck am I gonna say? <laughs> god, I, oh my god, I love fucking Deadpool. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, monster movies. Monster movies. So, in the spirit of Godzilla coming out, we're going to discuss some of our favorite monster movies. And not just giant monster movies. It's really any movie where the monster is a focus of the movie is we're including it in this discussion. In other words, um, Japan doesn't take the exclusivity in yeah, this deal. Of course. Um, and who, who wants to start on this one? Zach, I know this topic was your idea so do you want to start or do you want to end or do you want to choose well you know what yeah let's just start and get the big guy out of the room the king of them all godzilla (laughs) yeah godzilla so so just out of curiosity how many of the godzilla movies have you guys actually seen i've seen bits and pieces of the original japanese uh one i've seen the 1998 one i've seen the um i've seen the one with brian cranston i saw it you know what's so funny is I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember Brian Cranston being, having a very good performance in that particular movie. That got cut short. That, that did um, get cut short. But 
Oh, uh, but not not as many. I have seen the original. In fact, I have the Criterion edition of the original that has the really cool fold-out packaging. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, the cover is like a fiery silhouette of Godzilla. And when you open it up, it's like this gatefold case, and there's a pop-up of Godzilla. It's like kind of like a pop-up book, kind of, and this Godzilla just pops up. It's like, hello, I'm Godzilla. <laughs> Thank I'm, you for I'm, purchasing I'm, 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 my movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think Godzilla's a little special. <laughs> Why well, I'm Godzilla? Well, look, don't, don't get me wrong. Godzilla has definitely had his moments of ridiculousness. When? Uh, Rhetorical question. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen the original. Like, really? Um, I've seen Godzilla vs. Destroya back in the day. I've seen Destroy All Monsters. I've seen the Brian Cranston one, of course. Um, you need to watch the 1998 one just I, re- I never saw the 98 one but I remember watching a few episodes of the Saturday morning cartoon sequel series it's, the cartoon was here's the thing it's almost impossible but if you look at the movie as it's own movie and I realize what I'm saying and you really can't but it's not a terrible movie what really brings it down is you have the expectation oh I'm going to see Godzilla where the fuck is Godzilla? <laughs> and then flash forward to 2014. Um, oh, actually, I think it... What was it? Uh, 2004 Final Wars came out. So in the Godzilla Final Wars movie, this was the last Godzilla movie to ever be released before the uh, legendary Godzilla. Okay. Or the Brian Cranston one, as we're calling it now. And pretty much... In those phases, Brian Cranston was the best part of that movie. Sure. Um, so pretty much Godzilla Final Wars is, God, it, it, these aliens are invading and pretty much they're taking all the monsters or most of the monsters from Godzilla's past history and they're putting them all up against them. And there's one scene where Godzilla's in Australia and they drop Zilla in there. He literally has, I think, five to ten seconds of screen time. He jumps at Godzilla, Godzilla tail whips his ass and blasts him and that's it. I did see that clip. It, it's just like, nah, fuck you. Um... <laughs> Let's see, I saw the first of the three animated Godzillas that's on Netflix right now. Yeah. Didn't really care for it. I, I like the idea of it, but just, I was so bored. I it. just saw episode three today, mm-hmm. finally, and I gotta say, it, it had a very meh ending. Uh, yeah, Ghidorah was, uh, well, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. But... It's just like, okay, I, if that's how you want to end it, it, it okay, sure. And then the last one I'm going to be listing, which is actually the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. Um, I'm having trouble remembering everything that happened, but I remember enjoying the hell out of it. Godzilla 2000. Godzilla 2000 was great. Want to talk about it? Uh, you can talk about it. I don't really remember much of it. Oh, gee. Uh, all right. If I did watch it, I, I don't remember it. So, Godzilla 2000. I, I think that was probably the first Godzilla movie where it took a more serious approach to the movies. I okay. mean, if you watch the English dub version, of course, it's going to be cheesy because all the English dub actors just go way overboard and that's really... The, but that's the, half the fun. Yeah, I know. But, um, no, there's a lot of dark shots. There's a lot of, like, scale shots. Like, you... Like, actors up against Godzilla like up close against him and you're just like wow that really shows the scale and it's like holy shit there's a lot of great moments in that movie but the CGI does not hold up well at all and I think that was the first Godzilla movie to actually implement CGI 
That is possible. Yeah, I believe that was the first one. And it shows! Oh yeah, here here's a picture right right there of some yep. weird UFO looking alien thing. I cannot pronounce that fucker's name to save my life. Monstra? It, no, it's oh. It looks like a stingray crossed with it's a, Uf- a squid that had a bad day. Picture a UFO head with a bunch of tentacles coming out of its bottom. What Zach Ooh. said. Yeah. 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 So uh, uh, so what else you got besides Godzilla, buddy? You want to do a top three? Uh, sure. Top three. Um, for my number two spot, anybody ever heard of this great movie called Tremors? I think I've heard you, of man. it. I'm gonna have to, have to take that off my list. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Or, oh, oh, by the way, Papa Conway fucking loves that movie. Okay, quick, quick. Does that he love movie. Tremors or does he love Burp? No, he yes. Lo- yes. <laughs> he, he fucking, he's like, he's like, Mark, every time it's on, I have to fucking watch it. They're so goddamn stupid. He's <laughs> like, I fucking love it. Look, those movies are great, but Bert really makes those movies so much better than what they Dude, really are. So Which, that's, that might, that, that's one of the reasons why the second one's actually my favorite. Actually, there's something I want to say. Okay. If you want to get an understanding of Brandon's character... Brandon is the DP of Bert to Guns. <laughs> Explain that, Zach. Well, when you walk I onto like a set and you have to say the words, I feel I was denied critical, need to know information. <laughs> Billy, we blew one of them up. It was great. That's great, Jimmy. Repeat, there are two of them. I repeat, there are two of them. <laughs> Dude, it's like, dude, it's almost like there's two movies I, I put in the same category of that. And I'm sorry if I'm stealing one from another one. The other one's Eight Legged Freaks. Oh yeah, I fucking one. love it. Damn. Good oh one. my god, it's so. And actually, by the way, it has one of my favorite. Um, uh, the whole thing with the with the dirt bike race in Eight Legged Freaks is actually fucking great. Yeah. Dude, Eight Legged Freaks is the only one where you have spiders. Spiders go. What the fuck are they saying? Oh my god, dude, I fucking love Trevor's, dude. It's such a funny yeah. ass did, did you guys ever see the trailer for... So, Kevin Bacon actually shot a pilot for the Sci-Fi Channel for a new series. And unfortunately, they didn't pick it up. Um, but the trailer for the pilot was released on YouTube. And it looks fantastic. It looked phenomenal. Practical it effects. Look, it did not look cheap either. No! That um, cost him a pretty penny. Yeah. Um, let's put it in the uh, description below. Oh, I will. I will. Um, like it looks phenomenal. Like it, like I would describe, like it looks like the plot of it almost kind of looks like a serious version of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Because hmm. like Ash vs. Evil Dead picks up with Ash like years later, and he's kind of like a burned out loser. But you know, it's it's Evil Dead. So it's gonna be yeah. goofy. It's gonna be funny. This shit's gonna pick up. Though. Whereas with Tremors, it picks up with Kevin Bacon's character, and he's kind of burned this burnout now but you know it's definitely more of a dramatic turn for this and it looks really good the pilot had the same director as a movie called cube which is probably one of the best cult horror movies of the 90s um and then the graboid looked fantastic in the trailer like the cg on it just looked whoo i see where the budget went that's Uh, that's that's super fucking great yeah so what's your third one zach so I actually have to look up the name for this movie because I, 
I, I can't pronounce it. It's a Japanese horror monster movie. <clears throat> Released in 1991. Give me one second. Anybody right. ever, the, ever heard of the movie Zerum? No. Or no. Zeram? No. no. Okay. So, when it's just dealing with the actual monster and the bounty hunter that's fighting him, it's a really great movie. Whenever it's dealing with the two side characters that kind of get interjected into the movie, it's super fucking cheesy. Right. And ridiculous. But if, if they were to take those characters out, this movie would have been phenomenal. But pretty much it's this creature. It's this bioorganic creature that travels through, like, planets and shit, you know, wreaking havoc and stuff like that. Now, the creature itself, it's this big hulking mass of just biomechanical engineering. The top of the head, picture it a, a slightly elongated neck with a cyclops eye, you know, cyclops from uh, X-Men. Okay. And then the actual top of the head is a UFO-shaped... And it has a porcelain Japanese like mask face. What's the movie called again? Zerum. Spell that for me. One second. Uh, Z E R A M. Zerum. Interesting. I I'd never even heard of it. It sounds interesting. Like now, now we're gonna have, have something to watch. It, it's on YouTube. If you want to watch it, the the full movie is on YouTube. That is bizarre. It this thing. Yep. That looks weird. The, the, the beginning of the movie, it starts off in black and white, and it's just this dark hallway, and the creature is silhouetted. At the other end of the hallway are a bunch of soldiers soldiers just aiming their guns at it. And the dude's just standing there, and he's like, alright, now I'm just going to start walking. And every time he walks, you can hear his footsteps, like he's this menacing fucking creature. And they're just shooting the shit out of him, and it's doing nothing to the creature. And then he just starts ripping people apart. Mind you, this was done in 91. This was done in 91 by a bunch of Japanese visual effects artists. Like, this was made by visual effects artists, so the movie looks damn good, especially for its time. Mm -hmm. The gore mechanics are good. This, the plot line is pretty damn good for what it is. And the monster design is amazing. Very unique. I think the movie holds up even to today's standards. Hmm. Maybe cheesy, but it's still a damn good movie, and I fully recommend anybody who hasn't seen it to watch it. Shit, all right, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely I, I, in, bro. I remember seeing it as a kid, and I'm just like, for the longest time, I've been looking for this movie, and I spent all night looking for this. I'm like, I gotta figure out what the hell the name is. Gotta figure. There it is. Damn it. <laughs> the oh uh, my fuck yeah, dude. That's that's awesome. I'm and definitely have. I have homework now. The, Beautiful uh, movie, dude. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. It, you, uh, um, Mark, how about you go next? Because I, I got a whole list. Oh no! I, you know, oh my god! You know the the funny thing is, I'm gonna. Think of more shit as I go along and everything else, but I'm gonna do my top three real quick. Okay. Um, uh, number three, um, I think uh, some of my runner up though uh, runners up were like uh, some of the the King Kong movies. Okay. I, re I really really dug the King Kong movies. I actually really enjoyed the one with Jack Black. So and, and the, the Peter the, Jackson the Peter one Jackson one was was really good. I thought visually it worked. I, I will um, say this. The, the King Kong movie that just came out uh, back in, what was it, 2017? Yeah, Kong Skull Great movie, love it. King Kong 2005, Peter yep. Jackson's, best adaptation of King Kong there is. The movie is visually beautiful. Story is great. Every character is fucking just amazing. The, um, you know, so... Um, Even the game... Did anybody play the game? 
No. No. The I, game was done really well heard, too. Game, uh, both PS2 and Xbox 360. The PS2. That's the one I played. I loved it. That heard, game holds up well still to today. I For uh, Universal Studios, though, Peter Jackson did do like a 360. Um, Panorama. Yeah, 360 3D experience for the tour, the bus tour, mm-hmm. and it's only like maybe three minutes long, but it's a pretty good three minutes. It's still operational. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, 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 I have to check that out, dude. I there's one that I love because it's so fucking ridiculous and stupid as Deep Blue Sea. Um, I, I fucking love Deep, Deep Blue Sea. Is so stupid. I, I was debating it. whether or not to put Jaws in mine. Well, since... well, dude, hey, Jaws. I really thought hard about it. Jaws is is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And everything else, and that's a hard because when we're talking about monster movies, we're talking about something that that the possibility of it happening is is not as realistic. Jaws, that shit happens. Like it happens all the time. Fair. Fair. So um, I mean, as the movies went on, they got more and more ridiculous. So what is deep, so what's deep? I never saw deep. Well, deep blue sea is like they're genetically enhanced sharks that make them super intelligent. You pretty much you're making mako sharks smart. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, like, and there's a lot of camp with it and everything else. There's a lot of good scenes with it, but and a lot of good sequences. But like for the most part, it's it's definitely like a sci-fi movie of the week type of thing. Like you, if you were to ever see, it, you're like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Here's the thing: this was when sci-fi was still trying to make good movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a good movie. I feel, it's definitely in my top five favorite shark movies. Dude, it, Samuel Jackson's in it. Um, Ella Cool J's in it, and also what's his face? <laughs> you plays, kill my bird. Oh, you kill my bird, motherfucker. He literally, <laughs> he really, he, he literally unplugs the gas, and one of he's a chef of the chef of the whole like marine station. He unplugs the gas of his whole, uh, and he swims out of the kitchen and blows up his whole kitchen. So it's just about genetically altered, altered sharks, sharks in, in a giant like um, ocean undersea lab. Undersea lab, but yeah, everything undersea else. research um, facility the, the trying lead, to cure cancer. Or something, something, something like that. The lead is actually the guy who put the Punisher. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Yeah. Okay. Thomas Jane is the, is the lead in it and everything else. And it's a fun. It's a fun movie. The um, uh, but I think um, definitely my top three. Um, a movie that a lot of people think is stupid. And I I happen to very much disagree with them because it actually made a huge impact to me. Is is Cloverfield, the original okay. Cloverfield? Um, Which, uh, I was going to say, tell us what that's about for anybody. Um, Cloverfield is a is a well. You have a general idea about what's going on. It, it, oh, it's a it's Godzilla esque movie, but it's a found footage movie. And it's about a, um, a group of friends that are, live in New York City that um, that are about to evacuate the uh, the city, but then they end up going back to go help a friend or something like that. The funny thing is, and I think that why that movie sticks with me so much, is there was a, it was my junior year in high school, and, and I was reading a book in English class at that time about a guy in Antarctica who um, whose dog runs into the night um, in Antarctica when a giant storm leaves, you know, and everything else. And then he makes a conscious choice to go out and look for his dog and everything else. And the story is about you were dead when you made that decision. Mm-hmm. It's just life catching up to you and everything else to you eventually die. You were dead the moment you made that decision to go after that dog. It's just it, it, it just uh, took a while for life to catch up for you to actually die. And that's how I felt about Cloverfield. The whole group makes a decision in like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie and everything else. And then, spoiler alert, everyone fucking dies. The um uh, you know, and, and it slowly 
every everybody gets killed off slowly and slowly as the night progresses, and it all boils down to that one decision that they made as a group collectively to go back into New York City to go look for uh, to go try to save another friend, um, and then it's 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 just about cascading consequences, and also just New York City falling apart due to a, a monster attack that happens, and it's it's done in found footage. And they really don't give you all the answers. No. Like, they give you very... But but it's how regular people would deal with a crisis like that. You wouldn't know everything that's fucking going yeah, on. Yeah, you don't get, like, the scientist giving the... The, the expedition. Yeah. You get that for, like, a second. It was a very realistic movie. Correct. And you get you get the exposition for, like, a second while another character's dying. Yeah. Like, you're literally the Russian the scientist and then another girl blows up. Um, and, by the way, I think that's... Isn't that Zoe, Zoe Dejanel? No. Uh, yeah, it, that it was looks, um, Lizzie Kaplan, I think. I was about okay. to say, everybody yeah. gets the... That's a very uh, common thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway. Also, just want to point one thing out. It's not Godzilla-esque movies, it's kaiju movies. Okay, yeah. fair enough. The, um, but um, but I, I I think it's... what well, he's going to get to it in a second. No, the, it's just whenever I hear the word kaiju, I know I'm supposed to think of Godzilla, but I think about Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim right away. Yeah, yeah, it is. Which I probably I was going to say, Kaiju list. has been put to, uh, what's it called, you know, giant monster movies way before Pacific I, Rim. I, I, oh, I'm fully yeah. aware of that, but just Pacific Rim is the movie that my mind goes to whenever I hear the word. And um, Pacific Rim is a great fucking it, oh, movie. The first one is, is great. We're not going to talk the about the second one. one. There's a second one? You know damn well there's a second one. No, I don't. He's playing his games again, Mark. Yeah, the, no, there is a second one, unfortunately. The um, uh, while Brandon looks that up, I'm going to go to my my number two, uh, which is uh, my second favorite Christmas movie, uh, Gremlins. Pacific Rim Uprising. What? Yes. Wait, wait, no, Mark. Jaws: The Revenge. That's number three. No, that's number one. No, number Die Hard's number one. No, number one, Mark. No, it's not, Zach. I refuse. You, and maybe you're number one, but it is not my number. He's one. in denial, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lies, lies and deceit. Why Brandon's so concerned about Pacific Rim Two Uprising right now? It's, it's terrible. Oh, because it is it's terrible. Because it was. Because it is terrible, Brandon. Don't waste your time with it. Please don't. Please don't. Like you're wasting like too much time. Like the muscles in your face that are being used for the level of disgust is not worth right, your I'm time. I'm putting the phone away. The, the, only, uh, the moment. Anybody found out Guillermo del Toro wasn't a part of it, everybody should have just been very concerned. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, now I remember that. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. But, yeah, no, no. I, number two is definitely Gremlins for me. Um, the original Gremlins. Which, by the way, you, Brandon's actually been kind enough to show me the second Gremlins. We haven't got all the way through it yet. I'm surprised um, you've gone this long without... You know what? I always loved the first uh, uh, the first Gremlins, and I never got a chance to see the second one. Um, uh, it's very strange to me. The um, which is, I guess that is. Um, uh, I, I, it's probably one of my. It's up there with some of my favorite comedies. Um, it's probably my second, second favorite. For the two people out there who have not seen Gremlins, what's it about? Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> it's what the hell is Gremlins about? Oh God. Um, uh, a, a young, a, a young kid gets a Christmas present. Uh, gizmo. And then the rest of his brothers, um, I forgot, Spike and then and all the other brothers' names. And he's given a set of rules. Uh, don't let them watch TV. Don't let them eat after midnight, which is a very arbitrary rule because, you know, when the fuck is, you know, before midnight and after midnight. 
fans have been debating and raging on about this. <laughs> oh, um, it's, that's a, there's a freaking scene about that in Gremlins too. Oh, I believe that. Um, uh, and um, and of course, this kid's like 17, so he breaks all those rules, and they all transform from cute little creatures to like demonic, um, uh, demonic uh, creatures and everything else. And they're gremlins. all gremlins, <laughs> and they're fucking hilarious. Um, they get into all kinds of shenanigans. People do die. Um, I, the um, and honestly, too, one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie is the mom in the kitchen. Oh, she yeah. takes out like she in the original script. She was supposed to die in that. Really? Um, yes, that is a, a fun little tidbit. She was supposed to die in that, and then um, I, I think they, they made a decision on the script. Like, why don't you just make the mom a badass and have them <laughs> take out like five of them and end the scene with putting one of them in a microwave and fucking and he blows up inside the microwave. Super fucking great. Rated PG. Rated yeah, no kidding. Thank you, Spielberg. Um, and then actually, and also too, a phenomenal score in that too, um, which I think is highly underrated. Um, that was a was Jerry Goldsmith that did the music. Yes, for that? I believe yeah. so. I believe so. You might want to double fact check that. Oh, I'm double checking. Um, you check your facts. But but they all, also the Gremlins because they were they start watching TV. They do a it bunch was. of they do a bunch of uh, impressions on um, and celebrities and everything else, especially when they're in the bar. Um, and then, the, and then the ending it ends with um, with a mass majority of, of the gremlins watching fucking Snow White, and then they blow up a movie theater, um, and then they get in a fight in a sporting goods store with Spike. Um, but, but all in all, it's a re- it's a fucking blast of a movie. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's 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 a ball. It's an absolute ball of a movie. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll get scared. There's actually some generally that that scene. In the kitchen with the mom, though, is actually genuinely scary. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's it it's um. But it's it definitely. Uh, you have no idea what the hell's going on yet know, at that point, especially you know. when it's the first time you're watching it. Correct. You will have no idea. It's it's again uh, an absolute ball of a movie. I, I highly recommend it. I know I just said that, but it's it's the truth. Um. Uh, and then number one is the the my fuck it all. Um. Let's put every monster on the screen just cause is uh, Kevin Woods. Um, uh, the, um, uh, let's, let's throw in every, let's throw everything except the kitchen sink, um, uh, which kind of is a spoiler alert, but if you have not seen Captain of the Woods, you need to see it. Um, it really, truly is that simple. So what's the spoiler-free version? The spoiler-free version is that a group of kids, um, go to a cabin in the woods and they slowly get murdered. That's, <laughs> that's, that is the spoiler-free version I was going to say that. the title is, right. it's, yeah, uh, yeah like, Chris give, Hemsworth give, give is us in the, it. Give us the spoiler version. Yeah. <laughs> Here, for all the Marvel fans who, uh, Chris, you know, just only it. watch Marvel crap. Thor's in it. Go watch it. Um, uh, it's super great. Um, uh, and there's actually a, a, it's definitely a, a, a quality cast. Unfortunately, nobody else is around anymore. Um, I haven't seen any of the other cast in there. Um, uh, except the two control guys. Yeah, I see. I, I see them in quite a few things. Um, well, spo- I mean, Richard Jenkins is great, of course. Oh, of course. The um, I was actually watching him in Shape of Water the other day. What was the yeah. last thing Sigourney Weaver was in? Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Oh god, I have no idea. No, probably that. The um, uh, but the, the spoiler version of that is essentially um, uh, throughout the world uh, there is a set of secret societies run by the government that dictates that um, uh, the world used to be controlled by titans or gods, and they demand that five people be sacrificed in a very specific way um, every year uh, to the gods to keep them at bay from contr- from taking control of the earth again. And they basically, it's all the tradition and the sacrifice is the tropes of a horror movie. 
they need specific types of people to be murdered in a very specific type of way. And they have, they make, um, in the movie, they open the door to a basement. It's literally a cabin in the woods that can be mocked on almost any horror movie you could possibly imagine. Friday the 13th, Teamed Evil Cat- Dead. Dead. You were going to say Cabin in the Woods right there. No, it wasn't. It was... You were about to say Cabin in the Woods. Like... Cabin in the Woods, you know. Cabin in the Woods. That's the movie we're watching! Cabin It's like fucking Spaceballs. We're watching Now Now. When was then now? You just missed it. When? Just now. God damn it! When will then be now? Soon. <laughs> um, it, the um, and the coolest part is in the when they oh, well, when they choose how they're gonna die, they open up the basement door and you go down there and it's a treasure trove of, of horror tropes down there. They have stuff from the Strangers. They have stuff from Hellraiser. They have stuff from uh, from all different types of horror movies you can imagine. They even make a Reptilicus reference. Yes. The yeah, they they take bets. Um, on what the kids are going to oh, yeah. choose. And it's like there's a whole whiteboard of all the different monsters that could be. And it's, it gets very deep with its references. Hey, Somebody really wanted a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> merman. 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 Those things are a nightmare to clean up. The, um, <laughs> uh, and then actually at one point in the movie you do see um, I, um, pretty much every single monster get released Look, from their cages. I'm, and I'm kill gonna, at least one person. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If you're the kind of person who has ever wanted to see a unicorn gora guy, this is the movie for you. Yes. If you ever wanted to see a giant snake eat people, this is also for you. If you like lots of blood, this is the movie for you. Yes, indeedy. I mean, uh, if and also to the fucking octopus from that one B, uh, B movie. What the hell was that movie? The one with Benny from The Mummy. Um, oh uh, fucking! Yeah, uh, we were just talking we were about just talking about it recently. Um, uh, deep rising, deep rising, <laughs> fucking octopus from deep rising. Oh god, that that that's and, another great movie. Another, if you another, seen it. And then their blast of a monster movie, man. It, it, it's deep rising. You can also find it on YouTube. Somebody uploaded it. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's another really great B horror movie. But uh, Cabin in the Woods is definitely my number one. Uh, it has. Um, shit ton of references for days on all horror movies and it also of course it's uh, written mostly by Josh Wheaton Josh Wheaton and Drew Goddard directed by Drew Goddard weren't you at a didn't you do some type of special screening for that or was that somebody else that I knew was that they didn't I think somebody I knew went to a special screening where they actually were able to answer um, ask questions about the movie that um, was not me that, unfortunately I, I, I always assume you're always the one to go to special screenings so I assumed yeah. it was you but I had a couple friends. No, that, I, I just remember I saw Cabin in the Woods in theaters like opening weekend. And when I got back, my roommate asked me how it was. And I said, I want to go see it again right now. The Yeah. Either you'll, you'll definitely need to see that at least three times because the things you'll need to catch, um, you'll miss plenty, plenty of stuff. And again, for Ultimate Monster Movie, it's definitely my Ultimate Monster Movie because it has every monster you can imagine. We literally watched it going into the new year. Yeah. Slow, actually, the most chilled New Year's I've ever been a part of. Watching Cabin in the Woods and having a little champagne at midnight. That was it. That was my years. Woo! So, and yeah. we at dinner at Bulldog, and we pretty much had the place to ourselves. Yeah, no one was in there, which is very it was odd. pretty dead. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I was surprised, too. But yeah, that's my number one uh, for monster movies. Um, it's a fuck it all. 
uh, to throw everything at uh, besides the uh, throw everything at the wall besides the kitchen sink. So B man, I will extend it over to you. Sir. Well, I didn't really do a top list. I just threw together a list of monster movies I really liked. A smattering. Um, I tried to stay away from the obvious ones because like I knew Zach was gonna cover Godzilla and King Kong. Um, and of course the universal monster movies from the 30s and 40s are all classics Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman even before that Nosferatu Nosferatu so I I wanted to stay away from the classic I wanted to stay away from the obvious uh, movies although uh, one of the movies on my list is definitely a cheat on that and then there's also a TV series I put on my list that is a about vampires but it's very different kind of vampires. So, okay. Um, Gee, I wonder what that could be. It could be one of three things. It could be one of one things. Zach knows which one it is. <laughs> um, if you want something good vampires on TV, there's only one thing that exists. Yeah. Um, but I'll just start with a few follow-up movies uh, to movies that we've already talked about. Of course, Tremors 2, um, Aftershocks, which... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tremors 2. So... Um, <laughs> Fred Ward's character from the first movie is hired to come down to Mexico to hunt the Graboids. Um, it's, they start getting a little too much for him, so then he calls down Bert. But then, of course, the Graboids evolve into uh, these two-legged creatures called Shriekers, which they can't really see, they can't hear. Not, unlike the Graboids in the first movie, that they, they don't find you by sound or vibration. Seismic waves. Um, seismic waves, thank you, Zach. Uh, they have these heat sensors. They're essentially... Um, they're essentially uh, our planet's version of the Predator, in a way, but much more low-tech. They use thermal imagery. Yeah. Um, and they scream a lot. Yeah, hence Shrieker. Uh, which, I, I love the Shriekers. Um, and it was, what, like a $6 million straight to video sequel that is in a, 1996 it's a damn shame that movie was straight to video that absolutely yeah. deserved a theatrical release but the cg still looks great like we were watching the blu-ray what maybe like a week before i went to la was it the blu-ray oh yeah, yeah that's that right we blu-ray. don't have cable <laughs> um it still looks great yeah still looks great and i think it's probably the most quotable of the tremors movies i mean half our burke quote i feel it's denied critical need to know information I am completely out of ammo. <laughs> this is going to be big. Is it going to be today? <laughs> Those uh, movies are so damn good. Wait a minute. Paper covers rock. Paper always covers rock. Guess <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I love it. It's so fucking stupid. Um, Those I, movies are criminally underrated. I, Can't say the same about 4, 5, and 6, which, but... I, mean, I, I love the Tremors series as a whole. <laughs> I, the first two are, of course, great. Number three is also very fun. Oh, I love three. Um, the, the old TV series on Sci-Fi Channel was very enjoyable. Um, I actually remembered it. Yep. Yeah. They had something to do with some green mist shit. That was one of the episodes. Yeah. I mean, the, the TV series was kind of like a Monster of the Week series. Yeah. But it was fun. It was enjoyable. They got I, Christopher Lloyd to guest star in it. Because um, why the fuck not? They actually just started uploading the episodes to YouTube officially. Uh, so we should probably give that a binge one of these days. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, yeah. it's been years since I've seen it. Agreed. Um, Tremors 4, 
of the what I consider the original run of movies when like the original creators were involved, yeah. four is definitely the weakest. But I mean, it's like a western. It's basically eighteen hundreds western version of the first movie, and for that, it's fun. Eh. Um, like it's, it's not bad, but it wasn't as entertaining. Yeah, like, it's that. not the first. One. Like it's. After you do your binge of the first three, it's like I want to keep going. The fourth one's there for you. It, it's like that. It's not the first one. I like. I, I I'll watch the second one on its own anytime. Um, five def. I would not call five a good movie, but I. I let's face it. I'm a Tremors whore. If it has the Tremors name on it, he says I that, but he refuses it. to watch part Unless six. It's the sixth one. <laughs> I saw the I saw the trailer for the sixth one and I'm just like, nope. Part of me has that morbid curiosity like I did nope. with part five, but I'm not willing to do it alone because I don't want to blow my own brains out. Like, I'll watch five again. I, I don't get how you can watch five but not six. I They look equally as bad as the other. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't fucking know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I just saw... Uh, but no, it's I, I love Tremors two. Uh, I always remember that one coming on TV. That that Tremors two always seemed to be on TV whenever my family went on vacation. <laughs> so I have a lot of memories of watching Tremors two in hotel rooms. Um, oh, I thought you were just home alone at that point. No. Oh, okay. Um, different movie. Um, <laughs> really? Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so Tremors two. Uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, which I actually greatly prefer. As much as, much as I love the first one, I greatly prefer the second one to the first one. I get it, I get it. Um, takes place roughly 10 years, almost 10 years after the first one. Um, the main character and his girlfriend have jobs at this like high-tech office building slash cable network in New York City. Um... Gizmo finds his way there, and through madcap events, gremlins. Um, but then there's like this laboratory doing all these weird experiments run by Christopher Lee in the building <laughs> that causes the gremlins to mutate. So there's like a spider gremlin, an electricity gremlin, a bat gremlin. Which, which by the way, a brainy gremlin. Which, by the way, there is a phenomenal Key and Peele sketch. sketch that you need to watch. We'll put in yep. the link below. Uh, <laughs> when they talk about the pitch meeting for this movie. Oh, it's oh, I, I think Gremlins Two is way ahead of its time. Okay, because like it's talking about like the oversaturation of cable networks before that, right before that became a thing. There is fourth wall breaking up the wazoo in that. Movie. Oh, and I I watched fifteen minutes of it and I and I already saw it. And you didn't even see. The oh, I didn't. I know I didn't wall. see anything. Yeah. Um, the I'm movie, just gonna say that brainy gremlin takes the show. Yep, the brainy gremlin is great. There's a scene with Hulk Hogan in there that is probably the most fourth wall breaking thing in movie history, potentially. Um, the opening moments of the movie is literally a Looney Tunes cartoon, um, like with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Because uh, <laughs> why not? There's a full on musical sequence of the Gremlins singing New York, New York. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. So great. Uh, you have the twins from Terminator 2 in there. Uh, yeah, you have Christopher Lee, like I said. Uh, Dick Miller gets his revenge on the Gremlins because he's still traumatized from the first movie. Uh, it's just, it, it's Joe Dante's blank check movie. 
because um, the studio wanted to make a sequel for the longest time, um, but they just couldn't get a script or a director together. So then finally they returned to Joe Dante, and they're just like, "We we just want a second Gremlins movie made. Do whatever you want." And now, folks, for all the producers out there, when you if you get ever get to a point when you can say that and everything else, be be careful of what you're gonna get. <laughs> be mind, you know what? Not even be careful. But be mindful of what you're gonna get. Perfect example: Joe Dante, do whatever you want. Um, uh, um, we just Tim talked Burton. Tim Burton with Batman Returns <laughs> and Mars Attacks and Mars Attacks. I don't think just do whatever, just do whatever you want. I don't think the studio knew what they were doing when he get. Giving Tim Burton a blank check will give you a great product, but it will also bleed you dry. <laughs> he takes that shit seriously. Good God, man. Oh, um, dude, this one happens. It's just no budget. Fuck it. But I, I love Gremlins, too. It's, I mean, the first one's a serious movie. It's funny, but, you know, they play it straight. Um, it, the, the yes second, and no. It, it's very, it's, it's a, the second one's definitely a little more straight-up comedy. It's more mainstream. It, it, the, the second one is not your typical mainstream movie. No, is, not at all. Very different. Yeah, it is just bizarre and funny and just up the wall in every way. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, but in the best way possible. You know what producers make? I'm just going to leave the MasterCard right here. I'm going to turn around and whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to turn around. What just happened? <laughs> Literally does a complete just shoot the fuck. Dude, it's, it's like that fucking South Park sketch. I'm going to put in some derivatives and uh, put in some stocks and it's, it's gone. gone. It's, what's gone? Your money. It's gone. No, <laughs> so, there was... They, they did put their foot down on one thing money-wise. So originally, to defeat the Gremlins, they wanted to fill the building with cement. <laughs> but that was the one they were just like, no, nah, we're not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got the rest of your damn movie, all right? <laughs> um, you want to do that shit? You're going to pay for it yourself. Pay me the money. Sure. Wait a minute. <laughs> so before I move on to my list, I have one more sequel to mention. And this one's kind of the most unconventional pick on my list. Uh, and that's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, Unfortunately, I, didn't get, I did not get the opportunity to see it. As much as a fan I am of Cloverfield, I did not get a chance I really? to see it. No. Really, really good movie. I've heard wonderful things. I just I have not had the opportunity to see it. Excellent movie. Yeah. Um, so it's I was debating if I wanted to include this because like there aren't any actual monsters in it until the very end, but I'm thinking about the marketing for it and one specific tagline, and that was monsters come in many forms, and the movie really does nail that theme in spades. Um, so what it's about, it's about this young woman who's essentially running out on her boyfriend. She gets in a car crash and she wakes up in this underground bunker, this underground um, doomsday survival bunker owned by John Goodman. And there's one other guy in there. And John Goodman says that there was some kind of a t- an attack and that they can't get out of there because of nuclear fallout or chemical fallout, something like that. And it's just the way that John Goodman just controls 
those two people and manipulates them and gets under their skin it is his character truly is a monster and yeah mark if you haven't seen it yet i, I almost don't want to go into much more detail well they you know it, it, well, good thing it's just one of your runners up so you don't yeah. into too much detail about it um but no it is a it's a different kind of monster movie but it's an excellent monster movie uh i would say by far the best of the three cloverfield movies by far I heard the, 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 there was one of the in-between ones that were just not, it was just not very good. Cloverfield Paradox? Yeah. Yeah, and there's only I, three of them. So. I was going to say, I disagree. I thought it was a good movie. I know I, a lot of people hated it, mainly just because of the shoehorned ending, apparently. You could tell it was kind of shoehorned. But I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was a good and entertaining movie. Yeah, I think just Cloverfield for me, I think it was just the, the you know, the time period that I saw it in, you know, and everything else. And then also it was very, very new um, uh, you know, and then also the, all the news reports that were coming out that people were getting motion sickness for saying it, yeah. and I was like, I was, on my, I was in my punk rock phase. I was like, I gotta see it. If it's making people sick, I gotta see this shit. But um, but yeah, B man, go to your main list. All right, um, I'm just gonna choose these out of random order. Okay, I already alluded to it, so let, let, let's just get it out of the way. Um, this is my cheat movie, The Monster Squad. Didn't see that one coming. Didn't see that one. Missed that one. <laughs> uh, so the Monster Squad, nineteen eighty-seven. It's basically, in a way, it's comparable to the Goonies in that it stars like this group of young boys in like middle school, um, and basically they take on the classic monsters. Like Dracula comes into town, and he has the mummy with him, the Wolf Man, the Gill Man. Um, and yeah, it's just the kids trying to take down Dracula. Frankenstein's monster is in there. Um, it's the movie with the uh, the famous line, Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> uh, which the Wolfman in that movie is freaking sick. Like, Stan Winston did the monster effects for it. And yeah, there's a scene where the Wolfman gets blown up into pieces and you actually see the body parts put themselves back together and form the Wolfman again. Nice. Rated PG. Uh, <laughs> there's a few movies that are PG that probably shouldn't be PG. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a whole subplot about them finding a virgin to sacrifice. and all that. <laughs> Or no, no, it's the, only a virgin can kill Dracula or something like that. Um, and so then they find uh, one of the older kids that they know at this diner and, you know, there's like, oh, hey, do you know any virgins? <laughs> Cut to next scene. Um, then, of course, there's the... Uh, wow, what a bunch of dicks. Then, of course, there's the token fat kid in the group who they literally just call Fat Kid. <laughs> wow! 1980s. I was going to say, the 80s, they were a great time. You could get away with a lot without everybody just bitching up a storm. Yeah. I mean, they did call the fat guy in Star Wars Porkins. <laughs> so? So, I mean, you know, no, I mean, get it. Well, you know, it, it, it's... And that was the 70s. It's a good yeah. one hour and 15 minutes of kids taking on monsters, playing with guns, idiotic parents. Um, the 80s, ladies and gentlemen! They, they get help from... A, they get advice from a former uh, concentration camp prisoner. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Something you will fucking, never see today. You know, it, it's a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's a movie starring kids. I, I'm not sure which one. Well, let's say it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Let, let, let's see where that takes yeah, us. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, so yeah. is your next movie Night of the Creeps? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Are you positive? I did not include that in my monster movies. I consider that more of a zombie movie than a monster movie. Fair enough. Uh, even, okay. though, even though there are the alien slugs, it's... Yeah, it's kind of more of a zombie I just movie. know your unconditional love for Fred Decker, so... Just Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad. Uh-huh. Even though you... Not, st- not so much RoboCop 3. Um, uh. Oh, but you still defend the last Predator movie to come out, you dick. It was an okay movie. It was not an okay movie! It was an okay movie. It was not. Mark? It, it, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to um, stab you later. You know what? Never mind. The movie was insulting. The Go on, Brandon. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome, sir. Um, so yeah, Monster Squad, highly recommended. <laughs> um... Let's talk about Terror Vision. Oh. Do either of you know what Terror Vision you is? You showed it to me. No, I have never seen Terror Vision. So, Terror Vision, made in 1986, it was made by Empire Pictures, which they're famous for. They come up with the poster before they write the movie. Um, so, Terror Vision. Basically, the director wanted the movie to be all the worst qualities of the 1980s rolled all into one movie. So it's about this family, this suburban family, they get a new satellite dish, and this monster gets beamed down from outer space into their house through their TV. Um, So the parents are swingers, and so there's actually a subplot of them coming home with the couple that they just went out with. Um, the monster can actually make itself look like anyone. Uh, so there is actually, after the monster kills the parents and their, uh, swinger couple, it also killed the grandfather and the family. So it's just the kids alone now and they're trying to find the parents. Um, so the daughter actually goes in the parents' bedroom and the monster makes itself look like the four, like the four, you know, the two parents and the couple that they're swinging with. And the judge's like, you guys are gross. Have you seen Grandpa? And then the monster just pops out the Grandpa head in the bed with them. <laughs> um, God. I, I probably sound like I'm on, I'm on drugs explaining this Dude, fucking like, like, um, all, all we need is like society no, 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 and this no. is a double feature. I, I was gonna Ooh, say, yes, <laughs> can we do that, please? I, I'm no, all, we can't. No, we're absolutely going to do that. But I was going to say, oh, so geez, society Zach. is all the greatest features of the 80s. Terrorvision is all the worst features of the 80s. It's yeah, a- so you've got also got the daughter who's like, I'm not, she, she looks like Cindy Lauper gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you will. It's most of Cindy Lauper, but and okay. And she's dating this metalhead played by Napoleon Dynamite's uncle. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Why? Well, now I have to see it. Um, his character's name is O.D. No, 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 I have to see this now. Um, and then the kid, he, he learns, like, how to use machine guns for his grandfather. Um, it's like the first maybe 20, 30 minutes of the movie is kind of like Home Alone, but replace the robbers with the monster and replace micro machines with a machine gun. Um, Probably more effective, but okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, and then there's like the Medusa character who's kind of like Elvira or Vampira or Spengoli. She's like, you know, one of those late night horror movie TV hosts. Um, all she pretty much does is insult the characters. Uh, and the monster is just so gross looking. And I love it. Oh, yeah. So should I invite Wes over this weekend for a double feature of Terror Vision and Society? Well, we've already seen his reaction for Society, but let's do Terror Vision. Yeah, let's definitely do Terror Vision. So we're not going to do a double feature? Because he hasn't seen all of Society. If if we have to do a double feature, then why not Terror Vision and Southland Tales, since we were just talking about that one? Yeah! Oh, Southland Tales will be a... Terror Vision and Southland Tales, those will be fun ones to watch with Wes. Yes, they would. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of what the fucks. Oh, totally. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Wes is one of the best people to watch movies with. Oh my god. Uh, But yeah, Terrorvision. It is so great. And I I remember the first time I watched it. So while I went through college, every October I would give myself the challenge of watching 100 horror movies during the month of October. And pretty good goal. Yeah. And so back then it was on Amazon Prime. I was, you know, just trying to fill, you know, my quota for the day. And it's like, okay, what's something we can watch? Terrorvision. I don't know what that is. Sure. I'll watch it. Um, and I'm just like, this is so bad. It's good. But then the more I thought about it, the more I'm just like, no. The filmmakers knew what they were doing. This movie's genius. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, love movies like that. Yeah, it is one of my favorite movies of 1986. Up there with... Aliens, Platoon, Night of the Creeps, Terrorvision. <laughs> well, that's a hell of a bill, a bill right there. Holy shit. I swear to God, you and your unhealthy obsession with Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is one of the greatest horror comedies ever made. For you, I swear to God, it's your favorite movie of all time. It's up there. It really is up there. Um, Has your doll come in yet? The Tom Atkins action figure? No, that comes in June. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, Scream Factory is doing is doing a uh, collector's edition of Night of the Creeps, and if you pre-ordered it from their website, I believe it's sold out now, but you would get an 8-inch action figure of Tom Atkins' character from the movie. Um, when that nice. poor man dies, Brandon's going to go into a spiraling depression, I swear. He's a good actor. He's a great actor, and he's in great movies, but, you know... Mm-hmm. I think the uh, last thing he was in was Drive Angry, which was another awesome movie. Yeah. Um, All right, moving on. I, yeah, I got to hear some of these other movies on this list. Highly recommended. Um, um, the next one I want to cover, this one, I'm not, I really there really isn't that much to say. And really, it's only one-fourth of this movie that fits into a monster movie, I would say. All right. And that's Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, the fourth segment in it is an adaptation of the episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, where John Lithgow sees a gremlin on the plane, on the wing of a plane. There's someone on the wing. Uh, and okay, Shatner, calm down. Yeah, it is a really good adaptation of that episode. Um, I've actually read the original short story of Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, uh, which for those of you that don't know what that story is about, uh, there's a man prone to nervous breakdowns on a uh, on an airplane, uh, there is a terrible storm, and he looks out the window and he sees this gremlin messing with one of the engines on the wing. But whenever anybody else looks outside, the gremlin just disappears. So it's is he actually seeing anything? Is it all in his head, or is there something actually happening? And it's just one of the most intense 
short horror stories ever written. Uh, I believe both the episode and the movie, like the original episode from 1964, uh, was written by Richard Matheson, who was the original author of the short story. Both are great. Both versions are great. Um, the John Lithgow Twilight Zone movie version, directed by George Miller of Mad Max fame, actually, is actually closer to the original short story in the old episode. They gave the main character a wife, whereas in the short story and the movie version, he's just traveling alone. Um, yeah, like, like the original episode is great. And if you listen to the commentary with Richard Donner, yes, the Richard Donner who directed The Omen and Superman uh, and The Goonies. Um, yeah, thank you, one eye, Willie. Uh, like he said, everybody likes the episode, but nobody likes the gremlin costume. And the old gremlin from 64 literally looks like a teddy bear. Uh, whereas <laughs> the one in the movie is like this gross, slimy, lanky thing. Um, it looks like a gremlin. Uh, and it was actually, uh, yeah, the year before Gremlins came out. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, which actually segment three of the movie was directed by Joe Dante, and I believe that's how Joe Dante got the job for Gremlins. I'm maybe like 75% sure on that. Um, But no, uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie, the fourth segment, it's intense. It's really well shot, especially for how dark it is. John Lithgow gives an excellent performance. I believe he actually won the Saturn Award that year for Best Supporting Actor which the Saturn Awards are basically the Oscars for sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. Um, yeah, Twilight Zone the movie. Uh, check it out. Overall, the movie's kind of a mixed bag, but it's all worth it for that fourth segment. It, it, I, don't, I can't watch that movie the, you know, uh, with normal eyes. I can only person can because I know what happened with that movie. Yeah, and well, all, that's just and, the first segment. I know, and all the, and all the tragedy, and, all, yeah. and also all the destroyed relationships between... The directors of those movies too. Yeah, you know they all used to be really, really good friends, and then that movie just just severed a lot. Was well, just between Spielberg and Landis. I know, but they were um, all friends, yeah. and that whole friend group kind of just dis, you know dissipated very quickly. Um, I mean, I know George and you know and him, Steven Spielberg, were still friends, but I mean, like they were all really tight before you know before that movie, and it just yeah. kind of dissolved their relationship. Um, um, we won't get into like what happened. If you guys want to, you know, go ahead and research it. There's a, definitely a, a dollop of tragedy that happened with the making of that movie. We've talked about it in other podcasts. Um, go ahead and research it. It's it's worth the it's worth the the watch or yeah. the, the read. Um, next up, let's talk about the 1988 remake of The Blob. <laughs> uh, Zach, I know I showed you that one. Mark, have you ever seen it? I have seen bits and pieces of it. So The Blob, classic story of a small town. I, yeah. Meteor crashes, there's a gelatinous blob that, you know, eats people. What more do you need to know? Um, one of the greatest 1980s horror movies, I think. Um, directed by Chuck Russell of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 fame. Also directed The Mask with Jim Carrey. Um, Which is interesting. Co-written by Frank Darabont of Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and the mist fame. Wow. Um, All of Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, The Blob, excellent 1980s horror movie. Like, The Blob itself looks great. The effects are great. Um, the deaths are t- 
terrifying. Like, everybody in that movie that dies, dies badly. <laughs> um, Zach, any comments on that? It was beautiful. Yeah, like, practical effects for the win, of course. Yeah. Practical um, makes a whole lot of difference. A lot of people could learn from something. I actually remember seeing watching that movie when I was younger, when I was like... Nine or ten, yeah, it freaked which, me the fuck out. Yeah, that's how I first saw it on HBO. When, when yeah, my parents got HBO, and I, I actually never saw the movie from beginning to end until I was in college. But when I was a kid, I'd always like catch it in bits and pieces on HBO. Um, and that was actually the first movie that introduced the concept of kids can not only die in horror movies but they can die pretty badly too and you know what and that's and i'm remembering a lot of this stuff and i remember the reason why i watched that movie is because my mom let me watch that movie because she remembered the original 1950s block the one with stephen mcqueen yes which really isn't that bad at all which we have our own story about that one the um uh, you know it's not that bad at all and she's like so like, yeah i just remember seeing like the blob eat the bowling ball and they get bigger and like, and everything else is like, Mom, that's not, it's not the same fucking movie. Like, the, <laughs> that one kid, like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, freaking kid's still alive, but he's just a skull now, just yeah. jumping out of the water. Yeah, yeah, I that remember. That was as kid. That shot's still scary as an adult. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I just appreciate it because, you know, take some goddamn risks. It's, it, 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 well, it certainly went for it. Yeah. But I, I like how at the beginning the two kids are talking about, are trying to keep um, the one kid's mother from finding out that they're sneaking into a horror movie. But, you know, the one kid can't keep his mouth shut. And so the other kid, the one whose brother works at theater, uh, she's trying to tell the mom, oh, it's about this guy in a hockey mask that, you know, chops people up with a chainsaw. But don't worry, there's no sex or nudity in it or anything like that. <laughs> Okie dokie. Bullshit. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just a great movie. It's, it's uh, a horrifying movie. You got a Kevin Dillon in there, Matt Dillon's brother. Yes, the cast member of Entourage. Because <laughs> um, why the hell not? You've also got Shawnee Smith, who is probably most known today for the Saw movies. Okay. Uh, you know, she, she was the original reverse bear trap person. <gasps> oh, yeah, okay, okay. her. Um, which I'm pretty sure she doesn't age. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, and she was beautiful back then. She's still beautiful now. Uh, and she's a really good actress. She deserves a lot more work, I think. Oh, um, but yeah, The Blob is one of my favorite 80s horror movies in every way. Um, there's actually a scene. So you said you haven't seen the movie or, or you've only... I remember I remember bits and pieces. Yeah. Like if you want to spoil it, it's not a big okay, deal. So, like um, I remember that scene with the kid. Yeah, so like that still that's that stuck with me. There's the scene where, you know, Shiny Smith went out with one of the football players and they find the homeless person who's like dying because he got the blob on his hand. Um so the kid is with in the same room as the homeless person. Shiny Smith goes out to try to find somebody, she can't find anyone. She comes back and it it just goes to her screaming and Mark I'll show you a picture of that so that one of the greatest movie screams ever because so she sees her date inside the blob just like being dissolved reaching for help she just thought it was going to be a dummy when they filmed it but no they had the actual actor in there so the <laughs> scream you see in the movie is her legitimate reaction. 
That's sick. She's that's, sick. that's fucking great. Um, nice little, uh, nice little uh, fuck arounds of the directors. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the blob. Love it. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. That's that's a solid, solid choice. It is um, a great movie. Then. Uh, know what's going on upstairs? I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the Thing, of course, is a classic. But of course. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on The Thing. because I, I know. How many are, times have we talked about The Thing on this podcast? And I, I know there are other topics that The Thing will fit into like, that we'll talk about later on. Um, Kurt later. Russell, Jim Beam, yeah. a flamethrower, you know, an alien. That What else do you need to know? It's The Thing. It's a Thing. Um... So I've got one more movie on my list and a TV series. All right, go ahead. Uh, the movie, not a horror movie, but definitely a giant monster movie, uh, Colossal with Anne Hathaway. That's a, it's an interesting movie. Yeah. Um, so never saw it. Never saw it. Yeah, never saw that one. So it's about Anne Hathaway. She moves back to her hometown, and through a series of events, she finds out that she controls the movements. Of a giant monster in Japan. I heard. I heard about this. I just never. I never saw it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, a, lot, a lot more specifics. But half the fun of the movie is discovering all the little twists and turns of the movie. Uh, it's really more. Of, it's kind of like a cross of comedy and drama. Um, Jason Sudeikis is in it. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is in it. Um, and they all have their own little character arcs. I don't want to say much about it other than I just highly recommend it. It's a different movie than what we usually talk about on this podcast. I went into it really knowing nothing about it, and that's how I feel everybody else should go into it. Um, kind of wanted a little bit more out of it, but eh, it's still an yeah, enjoyable for, movie. For the story that they set up to tell, I think they did a good job with it. There are a few little things. It's like, eh, okay. But overall, it was a really good story. And I thought Anne Hathaway had a good arc in it. I thought Jason Sudeikis, as they reveal more about his character, that and he definitely took an interesting turn that I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, it was just a really good movie. One of my favorite movies of that year. Um, so then the TV series I have about vampires... You get, I got. There's literally three what, choices. What are, what are your guesses, Mark? I'm there's only three choices that I can I can think of right off the top of my head. Okay. Um, and you said solely about vampires, right? No other monsters. Yep, only vampires. Only vampires. Well, Buffy, Vampire Diaries, and True Blood. That's the only none of those no, are that. No, and no. No, Buffy's shit. a good one, but it's not only about vampires. Well, yeah, there's also other other monsters in that and everything else. Yep. So the pilot episode was directed by none other than Guillermo del Toro. And that is FX's The Strain. Ah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. Um, so The Strain, the first episode, basically this plane lands, everybody's dead. And what, what it was that there's like this supreme master vampire that was transported on the plane in a box. He got loose, basically turns everybody else into vampires. And it's basically huge vampire... This, the series is huge vampire infection spreads throughout New York City. And there's a small band of survivors that's trying to take down the master vampire. Right. Um, these are not your 
sparkly twilight vampires. Oh, hell no. They are also not your charming Dracula vampires. These vampires are freaking animalistic. All they do is kill. Like, like, that's what they do. They just kill, and then they've got, like, these really long tongues that extend out of their mouths. And, oh, they are vicious. They are bloody. They don't care about anything other than just food. (laughs) Feeding, yeah. Um, They look awesome. Uh, But, yeah, it wasn't the most popular show that was on. Um... A lot of competition when it was on. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. shows on FX, just FX at that yeah. time. I mean, Sons of Anarchy was still on at that time. So was um, uh, the Americans. So was I think Nip Tuck was still on. He was still finishing up his last Nip-tuck, season. Nip Tuck, Jesus Christ! I think Nip Tuck was long. Over. Was it long over yeah. at that time? Yeah, Nip Tuck's been done for a while. Yeah, a while. The um, nice duty. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. There's a lot of competition for that show yeah. at that time. Um. Which I greatly prefer The Strain to The Walking Dead. Because, uh, I mean, it's Walking Dead, Band of Survivors against Zombies, Strain, Band of Survivors against Vampires. Um, also, one has a higher budget, more than, you know, $15. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Walking Dead, 20 Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, The Strain looks beautiful. Uh, and my reasons for liking it more than Walking Dead, well, Walking Dead is a series that's meant to just keep going. Like, there's really no end, end insight. There, there's really no end goal for it. It's just keep surviving. It's a soap opera. Yeah. Um, whereas The Strain, there is an end goal in mind from you, you day kill, one. You're killing the main, yeah. the main vampire. Yes. Uh, so there is something it's building to. So it's a, it's a series that has a clear beginning, middle, and end. And I appreciate it for that. Four seasons, in and out. Told its story, we good. Um, the look of it, like it actually uses like color and it just looks beautiful. Whereas The Walking Dead is just kind of just desaturation. A, yeah, just kind of a dreary, desaturated. Like I, I've seen it. Whereas Guillermo del Toro, he'll always come up with a unique look. So the strange is interesting to look at. Uh, the characters, I think, are more interesting in The Strain. Um, the monster designs are fantastic. The villains all have interesting motivations. There's a, this one main character, Satrakian, um, former concentration camp prisoner uh, who keeps his wife's heart in a jar. I'm not going to go into spoilers about that here. Um, don't talk too many spoilers because yeah. I do want to see the show. Yeah, I do plan on showing you the show, but I mean, Satrakian is played by the guy that you know headed the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. That old guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, there's this one vampire who served right under Hitler, who's kind of like his rival throughout the series. And uh, there's a moment with those two characters in the final season that I think is some of the best writing for a horror TV show ever um nice there's one character who's an exterminator who is just awesome uh there's actually a funny bit in the first season where uh the exterminator is getting lunch and at this restaurant and if you look in the background you'll see that's all other exterminators that are eating there (laughs) 
So it's like, how do you know which restaurant in New York City to eat at? The one that all the exterminators go to because they know that it's clean. Um, but yeah, it's the strains to really interesting and unique looking show um yeah I, highly recommend I mean it. i remember seeing the trailers when you know i was a huge sons of anarchy fan yeah. so I, I remember seeing the trailers you know during that time it looked fantastic yeah and i mean guillermo del toro wanted to approach vampires from a biological perspective and i think the show succeeds in that the um no I, it's a great fucking list man I, I, it's i think everybody had a great list Actually, I'm going to tack on two quick ones because I was thinking about it as we were going along. Um, uh, one's obvious, and the other one's actually really underrated, but I really highly recommend it. The one that's that's obvious that I love, and it's a it's a horror comedy, but it has a lot of monsters in it. It's Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. The um, uh, I I love you know I know you have your opinions about horror comedy and everything else, comedy in general. Um, it is a monster movie. Um, it's 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 also fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, uh, it's, it, it, I, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, I don't, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I really don't. Um, get up from under the rock that you've been living in and go watch Ghostbusters. Um, and the other the one original. is, what's up? The original. The original. You can take a hard pass on two and God forbid, stay away from the remake. Um, <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, but the other one that's a little underrated though was, um, uh, the first time I ever saw John Boyega before he was in Star Wars was Attack the Block. Um, he was in something before Star Wars. He wasn't yep. something before Star Wars, and actually, the guys who um, who did Shaun of the Dead uh, were involved in that. Um, with, some of them, yeah, some of them were involved in that. Um, uh, it was it's a really, really good movie about an alien attack happening in the projects of London, um, and it's a really good movie. It all has a great cast of kids um, uh, that are fighting against these aliens, uh, and it's it's actually a really good story about about kids growing up too fast in the ghetto. Um, uh, and it's it, it actually it's a lot of good comedy, a lot of good drama. I think it's highly underrated. It did not get anywhere near the amount of attention um, that it would as it did. But that's but I know that JJ saw John Boyega in Attack the Block, and he's like, yeah, that's that's definitely the kid that I want to uh, I want to get in my movie. And that was his his starring vehicle to move forward with it. But overall, it's a really entertaining movie. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I remember I saw it when it first came out. I just, it's been so long, I just don't remember it. I remember the alien designs were really cool, though. Yeah. the um, And then, uh, what's-his-face um, from Shaun of the Dead is their upstairs stoner neighbor. Um, uh, the heavier set guy. Nick Frost? Nick Frost, thank you. I could not think of the name. Um, uh, yeah, Nick Frost is their upstairs. Uh, he he provides most of the comic relief. It's, it's, it's He's actually super great in it. The, um, uh, so... Yeah, I guess that's the monster list. Um, uh, so I guess that's it's my turn to talk about the question of the podcast. Question of the podcast. Question of the podcast. The podcast that has a question. Indeed. It's uh, very questionable. And actually, you guys got a choice. Okay. Because um, uh, I was thinking about two different ones while, uh, while I was in here. Um, favorite behind-the-scenes story that you've ever heard um, uh, in a professional movie. You know, whatever tidbit you've heard behind or the craziest fan theory about a movie that you've ever heard, whether you believe it or not. I have one for both of them. So I wanted to give, give the choice up to you guys. Or we can do both. It's up to you. Fuck. <laughs> I have made difficult choices. 
These are difficult choices. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know. How, how about, I don't even know what I would choose for either of those answers is the problem. Well, I'll like, I, I know a movie that I can choose that covers both of them, well, but I don't know if it would be my favorite for it, either of them. Well, I'll tell you what. I, how about we do both? And then I'll go first. Okay. So that gives you an opportunity to think. Um, my favorite fan theory, one of my favorite fan theories, and it actually is horror-related, is that Kevin McCa- uh, uh, McAllister from Home Alone is actually Saul. Jigsaw. For, is actually Jigsaw. Huh? <laughs> it's a th- think about it, Zach. Think about all the traps he sets oh, for all the Jesus. criminals. And how he wants justice for people who break the law and who are immoral. Yeah, but there's a huge age gap between oh, Jigsaw of course, and of the course, kid. Oh, of course there is. I don't believe it. I just think it's a fascinating fucking theory. Um, uh, the, um, and then, uh, you know, of course my other favorite one is, you know, is obviously from Pulp Fiction. What, you know, what was in the, what was in the golden briefcase? You know, what was in the briefcase? I, I believe it is Marcellus Wallace's soul. Um, uh, I've always thought that that was the case. Um, I think it's a cool fan theory. I've always dug it. Um, uh, definitely one of my favorites, uh, of fan theories. And then obviously too, one of my favorite, um, one of your behind the scenes stories is from Jaws, mm-hmm. where one of the boats starts to sink, um, but it's the wrong boat. They have a specialty boat. Um, I love how they're all on their phones right now, desperately trying to run and find something on the internet right now because they because they weren't prepared. Sorry guys. Uh, the uh, my other that was my favorite story from them though. That, hey, while the entire cast and um, a huge portion of the crew were on this boat that wasn't supposed to sink. They had actually attached a rope to one of the uh, one of the planks on the boat to, to give it the illusion of being hit by uh, on the side by the shark, and yeah, it actually popped the plank out and it started to sink. And Steven Spielberg hops on a bullhorn and says, "Get the actors off the boats! Get the actors off the boat!" And the sound guy uh, screams over, "Fuck the actors! Save the sound department!" The um, and he's and he's a sixty five year old guy holding a eighty thousand dollar Nagra recorder above his head, um, desperately trying to save this. And then um, during that whole process, a canister of film got thrown into the Atlantic Ocean with salt water, so they had to fly it over to New York and get it in this you know some kind of uh, saline solution to get rid of the salt. They saved it, but um, this guy, this poor guy from the sound department, eventually. His arms gave and he and it, it fell right into the damn water, um, and broke. And he said, uh, without missing a beat, the guy's like, "Guess that's a wrap for sound for today." Um, and then that was the end of, uh, of that particular crazy day. By the way, we're gonna put a, a link in the description below for the inside story on Jaws. There's about 10, 15 more stories of insanity uh, about how that movie was created. Uh, so, um, I see the look of desperation in all the other guys, um, right now. Brennan, you got anything? I think I have something. I'm trying to keep it with horror movies. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll start with, uh, behind the scenes story. Okay. And, I mean, there is also fan, the- there are also multiple fan, fan theories for this movie. And it's Stanley Kubrick's The <laughs> Uh, oh my god. Okay, Zach just sneezed over me talking, so in case the microphone didn't pick it up, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, How was the take, Stanley? It was great, Stanley. Um, <laughs> Let's do 500 more times, Stanley. Yeah, which Mark and I have a running gag about Stanley Kubrick's favorite crew member is Stanley Kubrick. 
So we just imagine a set full of Stanley Kubrick's, Kubrick's, like one behind the camera, one holding the boom, one doing the slate, one <laughs> operating the dolly, so on and so forth. Remember Stanley, don't talk to Shelley. Yeah, that was terrible. I, oh my god, it was awful. To some of the behind the scenes and everything else, don't treat her like a human. What? Holy shit! Yeah, how you? Holy Kubrick shit! Did not want Shelley Duvall. To have a good time at, at all. Oh my god. Oh. And that rhymes too, by the way. Yeah. Um, and the freaking, uh, just everything about, really all of his movies, really, but oh, just The Shining in particular. He's a nut. Oh man. Uh, well, I, mean, okay, I, th- so- I think it took like three days to prepare each take of the blood coming out of the elevator. Oh my god. There's so much craziness. And like, you know. It, Everything had to be perfect, and, yeah. and he has to fill every single. Like I would have been like, Stan, nobody's paying that much attention. They really aren't. Like I'm sorry, you're not that fucking important. Well, the, uh, you know what his response to that was, right? Just wait until they invent the internet. <laughs> oh my god, he was that forward thinking. Oh my god, it's just fucking Stanley, man. Motherfucker just... could see the future. Do like like they, I mean like to have the point where you have like shot by shot analysis of this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your no, story? I mean, there are the fan theories about how and The Shining could be about Native American genocide, or it could be about how Sidney Kubrick films the moon landing. That's a wide range of fan theories. Sure. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure he just did it just because he... You know what? He did it because he wanted people to still be having this fucking conversation 30 years later. 30 years later, try 100. Yeah, that too. You know, like, yeah. let's keep talking about it. The uh, fucking Stanley. Oh, as man. long as we're together, I so, guarantee that conversation's going to keep coming up. So, so was yeah. your story about Shelley about Shel- yeah, Duvall? Yeah, that's basically it. Um... Fan theory, though. I do have a favorite fan theory for horror movies. Um, A little while ago, a couple years ago, Cracked.com did a blog post that had a theory that all the major uh, slasher movies from Nightmare on Elm Street to Friday the 13th, Evil Dead, Child's Play, Hellraiser, all the major ones all take place in the same universe and all actually have a continuous story going on in the backgrounds of all of them. The continu- the same universe I get is what's up with the continuous story though in the background? That's so it, interesting. It's I'll, I'll post a link in the description of this because reading it yourself will explain it a lot better than I can. But it's like if you look at when each of the movies take place, there's like when, you know, there's the whole initial outbreak of all these supernatural killers. And it's like at the same time, it's like you have like Jason goes to hell happening when Freddy's dead, when they finally capture um, Michael Myers as well, Chucky, because it's like all the little Easter eggs that the directors put in the backgrounds of their movies. Um, like most notable, like the most notable one is Freddy's glove at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, but you also see his glove in the cabin of Evil Dead Two. Um, you have Jason, you have the Necronomicon, and Jason Goes to Hell as well. Like Jason Goes to Hell is very much featured in this article. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also 
it was either one of the Hellraiser movies or it was Bride of Chucky. I forget which one. But there's an evidence locker that has like Freddy's glove, Jason's mask, and Bride all of Chucky. stuff. Bride of Chucky. Um, I forget how Hellraiser is connected in there, but like there, there's a whole theory that they put together of how all the movies are connected, and it's really amazing how they tied it all together. Nice, nice. I'll, nice. I'll be sure to. I, I already have the link copied down on my phone, so nice. we're, we're going to be posting that link because yeah, it is yeah. a it is a fascinating read. Nice, nice. Gotta love those fan theories. Zachimus Decimus Meridius. So, the only fan theory I could really think of, and it kind of plays off of uh, what Brandon just said, is uh, the reason Jason keeps coming back is because Jason's mom, Pamela, read from the Necronomicon to summon him back and turn him into a, well, demon. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't even, like, I, I agree with that. Yeah, like, that it's the only theory I could think of, and it's definitely one of the most logical ones. I mean, you see the Necronomicon in Jason Goes to Hell, and it's at at the Pamela house. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. uh, What about your behind-the-scenes story? James Cameron bitching at all the Englishmen for taking tea time during Aliens. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I would ask what that's about, but it's kind of self-explanatory. Well, you know, James Cameron is like the literal perfectionist. I know everybody say Stanley Kubrick, but you know, James Cameron is the greatest pioneer. The uh, sure, yeah, I, don't, I think I think James is a lesser of a dick than Stan. The um, uh, you know, he's just a better man and a better director and a better movie maker. Sure. You're entitled to your opinion. The uh, I'm right. The uh, I don't know about that one, but let's put a, let's put a pen in that one for later. The um, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually the thing that's all really good uh, film theories all around horror, uh, horror related. Um, that article though is really cool. I want to check that out. Yeah. The um, all right, so all right, so that's my the question of the podcast. Let's uh, let's get wrapping up into uh, into our film production. We didn't get a chance right. to really talk about. Yeah, it. let's talk about filming episode two of Living Nightmares a month after we filmed it. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. No, actually, it's been about a month. It's been about a month. Um, Easter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Easter weekend is when we filmed it. Um, and then Brandon decided to go do other things. Uh, yeah. Jerk. Hey, well, you know, he had to continue his education, and he wanted to learn a few cool things. And yeah, I mean, it, it's I helped shoot a movie over the two weekends after that, and then the two weekends after that, I was in LA, and in between those two weekends, I was attending the AOC masterclass, which was pretty great. How that was, was pretty how awesome. was your guys' week that week? Fuck you. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that good. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Um. Uh, we were here in the real world. You know, yeah, there's definitely some things with, with shooting and everything else that are just realities of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some times when you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Yep. Which, um, um, let's talk about the afternoon before night number one. Where it was just you and me, Mark, getting things together. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. And how we went to scope out the... We, we had to scope out the location beforehand and also pass out our flyers to the surrounding businesses and residences that they know we're filming there. And we got to our location, and the signs were actually put on the, the wrong, wrong side, side of the street, street. Um, which luckily we got the go-ahead to just move them ourselves, thankfully. Yeah. Um, that would have been uh, fun to deal with. Yeah, and, and, which overall, it was 
a pretty simple fix is we just put in the call and said, oh yeah, you can move them. But it's the fact that we had to move these three sheets of paper on an extremely windy day extremely that made windy. it That was the windiest day of the year. Yeah. The, Chicago's been having some really weird weather lately. Yeah, no kidding. The um, the up and down. The other, the I think the part that really stuck out in my head, especially about that afternoon, was if we had wanted to film on that side of the street, we couldn't even because they had left a piece of construction material, yeah. a giant construction, you know, moved to the left because there's construction here, a electronic sign, LED sign, um, that I'm, you know, I remember getting there. I'm like, I'm glad this is the wrong side of the street because if it wasn't. We'd be fucked. Yeah. You know, and like there'd be no place for us to us to film right here because this would be directly in the way of everything. We would be doing some major improvising. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. be fun either. So but um you know what though, but it was very nice to go and talk to the businesses, though everyone was very understanding. You know, as long as you have a, a you know, friendly attitude and a good disposition, they you know, they'll always be receptive. And also too we were filming at, you know, one or, you know, from like 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Yeah. No one in the world, would, by the way, I'm, I'm totally done with night shoots. So I'm, 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 you I'm, say that, but we're going to end up having more night shoots. I so. know, but I need a break from one. I need another, I need to go back to 12 hours. I never thought I would actually beg to go back to a normal 12 hour. 12 hours are simpler. Oh, God. The, um. Uh, they give you more time, too. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. But you know what though, it ended up being a, a you know a really good experience with all the neighbors. But we, we weren't really affecting them in any way. No, no. You know we, I mean, because it was mostly businesses. Correct, and they were in that closed. area, and so they would have been closed. Like, and, and it was a holiday at, weekend. At least an hour before we even got there, so it was a very smooth yeah. process. Um, one of our biggest things, and I think we've mentioned it, you know, briefly. We mentioned it before we did the filming in our last one of the other podcasts. Be careful when you when you do dates for you know filming shoots and watch out for national religious holidays in yeah. general. Um, uh, unfortunately for us, because of my schedule, we had to do Easter. We, we, we had to do was, what we had to do. It was either Easter weekend or we would probably be filming this weekend if at the earliest. Yeah. We yeah. we would have had to have filmed this weekend, yeah. maybe, and then and we who knows with Memorial Day. Yeah. So. Yeah. We would have definitely been behind. Um, it would have definitely been at least a month and a half before we could have filmed again if we didn't film it that weekend. Yeah. And that would have really thrown things off um, uh, tremendously. But now we're in a much better place. Um, overall, I think, um, yeah, we definitely had a, um, uh, it was it was a rougher night. I mean, unfortunately, we had a lot of cast members and crew members that couldn't attend due to the holidays. Yep. Um, we had to make some last minute casting changes and some, you know, some last minute crew adjustments as well, um, which wasn't the the best thing in the world. Um, but uh, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. It ended up being, you know, I would I would almost say, you know, even better. It was a it was a happy surprise. Yeah. Of the situation, but the big the big story that everybody my favorite story. <laughs> Every... Um, <laughs> when we first got to the location, um, so we had to get. Roughly, roughly a block of parking spaces to use. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a block, but it was a lot more than we than, yeah. than we than we bargained for. Um, so we, we had, had three to four cars worth had, of space yeah. to actually move around, in, which five. was m- yeah. much more than we thought we were gonna have. Oh, we had five car spaces for three cars that we needed, which two of the cars were our work vehicles. We had our crafty table. And then there is the one parking space that was going to be our actual filming 
location. Right in the middle of our workspace, uh, when we first got there, and we actually, the city actually put up signs for us, you know, no parking signs, reserved parking signs. Of course we had to move those, but, yep. but, but still. But we still had them. Um, actually, we still have one right over there on the table as a We souvenir. kept them as souvenirs because, oh, why not? We have all three? Yeah, nice. I kept them as a souvenir. We'll get them all framed our, so our each of us can put one up. Our first toe zone. Nice. Um, but yeah, we got there, and there was somebody parked right in the middle of our workspace. Right in the worst possible spot. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there was technically another car that was technically in our space, but they were just kind of like hanging into the the end of the area that we weren't even really using. Pretty so much on the border, issue. barely. Yeah. So that car we didn't really care about, but literally the the place where we were going to film, he was parked in when we got there. So, Mark, what did we have to do? Mark had to call the uh, um, the city and sanitation department of the city of Chicago and get that uh, that car towed. So I, well, so I've moved, um, you know, away, which I'm sure they're going to charge them, you know, ha- you know, an arm and a leg to actually move. Yeah. Um. The, is it is it unfortunate and everything else that that yeah. had to happen? Yes. Was it absolutely necessary that it had to happen? Absolutely. Yeah. There was no way they were going to get what we needed to get done. Um, and then a, a lot of time that we had, um, uh, you know, we had a, it was a very, very difficult shoot already, already to begin with, and, and it had to get done. Um, I remember the, our makeup artist, um, Antonisha, came up to me. She said, Mark, I want you on my next shoot because I, I wouldn't have the heart to do it. You know, but, but also that's, you know, the last podcast, you know, the, or the podcast before when we had Jeff on, like, that's what a producer does. Yeah. Like, that's what an executive producer does, especially when on the set and everything else. They get they take care of the logistics. They they take care of sometimes of the things that that other people don't want to do, or you know the asshole things. You know some people would like to say that people don't want to do, but unfortunately there's a that's the reality. There's reality. We, we, we paid our money to have correct. a certain space correct. to work in at a certain time. We had signs out, um, and then this guy's just parked smack dab right in the middle yeah, of our shooting like, location. What, what we're supposed to do because we. Because if it was just the three of us, fine, we'll work with it, but we brought on how many people? It was an eight-person crew, excluding us, I think, cast and crew together. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's eight people who are waiting on us, so we had to make a difficult decision. Um, but looking at the footage, I think it was the right one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I will say, though, all throughout the first night, I was just expecting to start hearing somebody coming out screaming, Hey, where's my car? <laughs> but that never happened. Never I'm glad happened. it didn't, because that would have just, you know, made things even more complicated. It, it was one guy versus, you know, 12. Yeah, okay. Still, people are insane. Well, yeah, well, people are insane. But that uh, that being said, it is the reality of, of the filming world. Um, uh, you know, it had to get done. The, um, uh, it, it is, it is, you know, it, it sucks, but you know, the one thing I will say though is, and this is a piece of advice for everybody, um, don't let anything take the wind out of your sails. Yeah. Um, uh, cause that happened to us a little bit. Um, uh, and I remember we, ha- we felt like we were a lot more behind than we actually were. The, um, uh, they because... actually took the, the, me being on the phone, you guys made the best of that time. Yeah. And all uh, while, of- while we were waiting for the tow truck. We were setting up the shot so that way once it was moved, we could just like get the camera back and like we had everything marked ready to go. So once that car got taken out, we could just move the camera back in position, get ready to go. And I would say we were finished 
setting up maybe like five minutes before the tow truck got there. It did take about 20 minutes for the tow truck yeah. to actually get everything towed and everything else. So all in all, we probably lost about 20 minutes. I think it... We lost about 40, actually. It, I would say about half an hour. Yeah. Um, and the, but I, I think we certainly felt like we lost two hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, uh, and, and that's the one piece of advice I'd give to everybody out there that, you know, with filmmaking and everything else, don't let that get to you, man. Even, it's probably, it probably is going to get to you, but, you know, do everything you can to not let it get to you because um, in reality, what you think in your head and what the clock actually is is sometimes very, very different. Yeah. So... Like, all because I felt like I was moving slow as molasses all night, even though I wasn't. And that was the night where I had both David and Wes, so we were actually able to move pretty quickly, because I had both of them. Um, And even still on nights two and three, when I just had David, we were still able to move very fast. Um, You know what, though, but also in the same token, though, you know, there is something to be said about... You guys are not only, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a luxury because I can just be the executive producer. Um, uh, and then, you know, and, and I'll be, you know, um, the production manager, you know, to some extent, but mostly the executive producer. You guys have to do both. You have to direct yeah. and, you know, you have to direct and be executive producer and you have to be DP and be executive producer. And there were several incidents, incidents where you guys would look over into me and, and, and while I was on the phone with them and hey, what's going on? And I'm, I got it, you know, but it's taking a while. You know, I was one on the phone. And sometimes when your focus is that split and you have to set up the shot, but you also have to watch me on the phone and wonder what the ETA is um, on the actual tow truck driver, it sometimes can mess with your mind. And I think that's the biggest thing that would happen. And then obviously, too, you know, I now I know how long that takes. I've never had to do that before. Not in that context. None of us have ever had to do that I've had before. to tell people before being in real estate, but but like not like that. Like it was like like hey, this person's in the wrong spot, tow it. You know, here's the license plate, and then I would leave. Like you know, it it, it wasn't anything where I'd have to wait physically wait for how long it takes and everything else. It is what it is. Uh, so it, it definitely. Now I know how long it takes, and now I know how to prepare for the future. Yeah. But this type of towing and this type of situation, I had never been in. So, you know, it definitely, I think it messed with everybody's minds. We get, we definitely got a better uh, handle of things um, going into uh, the next day. Yeah, and of course, with night number one, we had all the wind to take care of for sound. Luckily, it wasn't a constant wind. We did get breaks in the wind, but there were times where I had to do a retake because the wind would blow at just the wrong time. Um, and the nights two and three were actually pretty clean on the wind for the most part, I think. Yeah. Um, Zach, you're the one editing it, going through the audio. So. Yeah, sound has been fine. Yeah. Even on night, I haven't, I've been out of town working, so I haven't been able to watch any of the cut yet, but how, how was the sound from the first night? Sound was fine. Good? Yeah. So all three, I mean, the, all, yeah. all three nights are cutting together pretty well? Yeah. Cool. The, um, it was actually kind of cool. This is, I got to do something a little different myself. I, I actually got to... Um, uh, do a second unit directing, uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, highly recommend uh, um, doing that. Although it was it was extremely easy to do, um, uh, just because I knew that the um, the cast, you know, the actual actor that I was working with, had it in him. I mean, it was only a, a slight bit of direction that he needed um, uh, to uh, to keep you know to do exactly what I wanted to do. It was very very simple. A very very talented guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, the you know um. It, it was, but it was cool. It's cool. It, you know. And also, Brandon, you had that phenomenal car mount. Oh man! The, the first I, time the, we drove well, around the block with that car mount, 
It's a three suction cup mount that we put on the hood of the car. We put the camera on top of the car mount, and we also had these ropes going around the car too, just for extra stabilization. And I wasn't like for some of the shots I was in the car, but one of the shots it was just the actor, you, Mark, and the Colin and Colin, our sound person, um, and just the the camera on the car mount. And you guys just drove around the block. I always remember thinking that first time, Godspeed, camera. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I I was really kind of hoping that you guys were going to stop the car, take the camera off, and then drive back. And I would just love to have seen the look on Brandon's face. I don't know what happened. It's just like, oh, wait, the camera's not on? Zach, I would have loved to have done that joke. But it would have took me a fucking hour to get that thing disconnected. <laughs> they would have been like, where the fuck are they? And they I'm like, I'm trying to do a joke. <laughs> Give me a second. What? The, um, uh, what are you looking at, Zach? Oh, he's got a cat there. Kitty. It's a tiny one. Um, by the way, uh, super, super important. Walkie-talkies. Yeah. Buy them. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. Buy they, good ones. Yeah, that you know how to function. Uh, that don't lose a charge after 20 minutes. Oh my god. Yeah, we need to change the batteries on those, dude. Like, I think I think it might be the batteries. Uh, can you change the batteries yeah, on the, those? Yeah, those ones, like, they have rechargeable batteries, and then they also have battery batteries that you can put in like, the old That ones. was fucking atrocious. Yeah, we'll, we'll double check on that. But, um, uh, yeah, I highly recommend um, having those. Have walkie-talkies. They're so fucking helpful. The, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was overall, it was a pretty good shoot. It was, you know, obviously had its fair share of complications when it came to yeah. that, you know. But luckily we knew what shots we wanted to get. And so since we were so prepared on what we wanted, that made it a lot easier, I think. Good God, you know, prepare, prepare, prepare. We were at that location. We scouted that location several, several times. We hung out during the day at night. We knew that, you know, we knew what kind of traffic we'd be dealing with. Uh, we knew, you know, what are the other options, backup options. You know, do your homework. Yeah. When, I, and, I mean, you may also, because originally we were going to shoot it in a way more complicated way than would have been physically possible. Yeah. It would have turned our three-day shoot into more realistically probably a, well, four to five. Yeah. And if we didn't come up with that strategy by going back there a couple more times, it would have been like, well, this is a, uh, yeah. This is a uh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, this is a stupid. Um, uh, and movie uh, magic, yeah, movie magic, man. Holy crap! The um, uh, why film in the middle of the street when you can film parked? The, yeah, uh, and uh, avoid the traffic. It's the most obvious thing. The uh, you know, it, it it's seems like uh, you know obvious, and then I mean, what we did like what a two or three shots that were actually in. Uh, <laughs> we're all very entertained by yeah, a cat right it's, now. Zach's cat is. Uh, <laughs> Messing around over there at my computer. Um, and then he turns back to us like, what the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, he Those is the adorable cats are one. mysterious creatures. Indeed they are. Um, Life uh, would be so terrible without them. And, but they would kill you if they had opposable thumbs. Sure. The, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was... Um, yeah, we definitely made some good decisions on, on that side. Um, I... The people that dropped out and ended up being, you know, uh, I think casting wise, I think I, I think we ended up being very very lucky. Yeah, yeah. All three of our actors are great. 
Indeed. Oh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And then, obviously, we have a great um, makeup artist, Antonisha, who, you know, puts out, you know, great work. And we actually had to work, uh, we got to work with the first time uh, sound, guy. The sound guy, and then also the first time um, so Steph versus Eddie. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, which ended up being great. All the other people were all the usual suspects, yeah. but those were our two new people. We, we really appreciated them. It was nice to have a dedicated sound guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's good it makes when you don't all have to turn, the difference. Yeah, it's good when you don't have to turn your producer into a makeshift sound person. So here, you put this on, you turn this knob this way, you make sure that doesn't go to the red meter. You know what? All of my all my sound edits are my sound is still in episode one, so I'm I'm somewhat proud of that. You should be the. Uh, I think I got insanely lucky, actually. You should be proud, but lucky for us and for you, you don't. Have to <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do it anymore. My, my luck would probably run out. Oh, I, totally. It always does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stick to what you know, kids. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a, uh, uh, it was a complicated shoot. The weather, it wasn't as, as accommodating as we have liked it to be. Uh, the third day was awesome. Third and, day you know, was simple thing. Third day went, third night, actually. It was really more of a half night. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I mean, the, the hardest, the hardest thing was, and you know what though, here's another you know piece of advice as well. No matter how tired you are, finish it. Yeah. Just finish the fucking shoot. Oh yeah. The um, you know, I knew all of us were very tired at that end. I'm glad that we had work in the morning. We all had work in the morning. We all had to get get that stuff done. But that being said, uh, you know, it was it was really really good that we got that last little bit of ADR when we had the actor there. We didn't yep. have to call anybody back. Uh, it, it was it was helpful that we got it done. Yeah, we had the awkward moment where we thought we were done with sound, so we wrapped Colin, and he was gone. And then we finished the last of our shots, which were all shot MOS without sound. Um, and then as we're packing up, the actor was the one that reminded us. So we're doing my voiceover tonight, right? And we went, damn it, sure, <laughs> sure we're doing that. Well, tonight. no, Mark was like that. I'm screaming in my head. Yeah, go go use you know go use my bedroom and everything. Else. Shut the door. There's, I'm just know, like no f- fucking Mark. You don't want to use that damn machine. Go go oh, go. Oh, I do. It's it. Yeah, that sure. That infernal fucking mechanism that records the silly sounds. Yeah, remember that episode of SpongeBob when he's burning everything in his brain? So get rid of the names, all the facts, and everything. That was what was going on in all of our brains. <laughs> it's just like. The just, get rid of the evidence, <laughs> or that crazy lady in the, in the fucking it trailer and everything. All our brains on fire. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? The um, uh, yeah, but sure, sure, we got it. We got it, and it sounds good. It yeah. does. It does. Um, uh, it, it definitely. Thank fucking Jesus. Get what you need to get. Um, and and actually, we even had enough energy to take one, uh, take a final photo for Instagram too. Uh, so we obviously weren't that tired. Yeah. The, Unfortunately, we never got our full cast and crew photo. Yeah, um, we were a little splintered yeah. um, I, for most of the time, but we did get a lot of good still shots. Uh, get a lot of still shots. Um, we live in a very publicity-driven world, so you have to have the Instagram and the Facebook and the, and the Snapchat and all the other stuff. Um, uh all those to, damn social things that people love for some reason. You know, though, you know, as I said to, or when I had my little powwow with the cast and the crew before each shoot, 
Um, uh, I know you did. And then, and then and during the shoot, hey, hey, hey have you shoot. liked us on Instagram? I do. Hey, 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 can you please like us oh, on Facebook? Um, hey, 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 have you heard Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> <laughs> well, that last one kind of happened. <laughs> but Zach and Brandon were the only ones that left. Um, the, Here's my advice, though. If somebody does stop in and shoot and ask what you're doing... Um, that's a good marketing opportunity because, like, I remember like the first time a car stepped by and asked, "Hey, what are you filming?" And, and everybody then, yeah. was kind of like, um, "Like, they just want to get the guy away." I'm the one, I was the first one to actually walk up and shout to them, "We're filming a horror series, Living Nightmares. Look at look us up on YouTube." The, it's um, funny how that drives people away quicker than saying a student film or a porno. Yeah, people want to be curious about what you're doing, but they never want to commit to actually. Oh, I have to press a button. No, exactly. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. The um, uh, I, I, we even we the, got a couple. Instagram I think the most nerve wracking. I think the most nerve wracking one was uh, everybody was using the bathroom and stuck at Wes's place for like an hour for some goddamn reason, and a cop finally stopped to ask what we were filming. I'm just like, oh shit, get the paperwork ready. Yeah, we're filming a we're filming a horror series. Oh, cool, awesome, goodbye. I'm yeah. Like, Oh, thank God, that was a lot simpler than I thought. Yeah, they're the only ones freaking out and everything else. I'm over here sitting like, I got the paperwork ready and everything, and I'm just thinking to myself, if I didn't have this paperwork ready, they would have been like, no, you have to shut down. Damn it. (laughs) Nah. Always have it ready. Yeah. It's better to need it and not have it. No, wait. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. Strike that and reverse it. Yeah. um, no, no, yeah, always have your paperwork in order um, most of the time. And I and I knew that they weren't going to bother us. They had better things to do. In fact... They were just more curious. They were curious yeah. and bored. Like, there were several cops. The same cop that had gone on the first day had gone back and forth with their partner and they had stopped and looked. I'm like, hey, you guys are just bored. Like, I know you're you wanna, bored. You want to be security, please. We'll, like, we'll, we'll like, take it. Like, like, just pull over and just, you know, come and chill for a bit. Like, Here, have a fucking, what is this, granola bar? Yeah, Sorry, we don't have bar. donuts. Like, you know, like... <laughs> we, had, we had more than enough crafty to spare. Yeah, Mark. We don't fuck around with the crafty. Yeah, no we shit. Don't. Do you have some save for the next shoot? Yes. Good. Uh, actually, no, we don't. <laughs> you fat fuck. Sorry, bro. The, um, uh... But yeah, no, definitely have all your paperwork in order. Um, and then, like I said, well, I was not being made fun of. The, the the main speech of that powwow, you know, was was if you don't exist on social media, unfortunately, you don't exist. You just don't. You know, it's it's a, a necessary evil of, of this today's age. You have to be reporting your stuff because if you don't care about your stuff, Why nobody else, else exactly. Nobody else is going to. So. Uh, post it, tag it, take pictures of it, do all everything you possibly can to get the word out about your project. And then people will respond. You know, we finally cracked 100 on Instagram. I was so damn happy today. The, um, <laughs> and actually, the only reason I was happy is because when you're at, you have an Instagram business, you can look at analytics when you're past 100. The, um, uh, so that's the only reason I was happy about it. Over here bouncing off the walls. We finally passed 100! Woohoo! The, uh, I, it, you know what? Tiny accomplishments, man. It happens. Uh, but yeah, no, that would be my my overall note though for uh, for that is just keep your uh, keep dedicated to what you came to do there. You know, despite what anything that else happens, you know, deal with the reality that you have in front of you. When, once it's dealt with, let it go because otherwise it will affect the rest of your shoot. Get it done, you know, and then also you know get everything done too before you leave. You know, get it uh, cross everything that you have to do off your list. Get it done. 
And even though you might feel like you're getting really behind, chances are, because it's your shoot, you're the only one that's thinking that. Correct. Because I, I know we were really beating ourselves up after the first night. Well, we, we were beating the shit out of ourselves, trust yeah. me. Yeah. But I mean, nights two and three were just like, I... Like, when we actually got the... When we finally got the ball rolling on night two, when we first got there on set, and we got the first couple shots done, and we're in the groove of it, I was just thinking, why was I beating myself up again? Because it felt longer than it yeah. actually was. Uh, yeah. The, um, and then, you know, and then our adventures will continue. Um, we're already in pre-pro for episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very, very excited. Brandon's wrapping up the script for it. Um, hopefully we'll be getting it done sooner or later. Um, and, um, can I make the announcement? You're pregnant. No, no, besides that. Congratulations, um, Mark. The, the uh, <laughs> not about that. Um, You're naming uh, it after me, right? <laughs> so, but of course, Brendan. The um, Brendan Jr. I would laugh if uh, that actually happened. No, it would not. Um, I, you, you heard it here first, folks. Mark will be naming his firstborn, regardless if it is boy or girl, after me. <laughs> I mean, Brandon can be a girl's name now, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to think about that. Anyway, um, what I was going to say was I'm actually hopping in the director's chair for episode three. Because uh, these two guys, it's a party episode, and they have no idea what goes on at the party. Um, except Brandon knows how to shoot a party. Um, I know how to shoot a party, and I've also seen a cruise ship crew party. Right? But I'm pretty sure a land party isn't quite the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Is that quite the same thing? Um, uh, but I imagine it's close. So, um, uh, which I've is, seen things, Mark. I believe that. I've seen more things. The uh, Like the, the crew gender swap party on my first ship? Oh, God. <laughs> like I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Are you sure? I'm. I, I'm sure. I will take a pass. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm. I, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, that stay tuned for more news on that. Um, my first time te- stepping into the chair. Um, of course, you know, I have the two uh, best guys backing me up. Um, they're in the room. Um, uh, the um, somewhere. And, uh, but uh, it should be a fun. One, one, one. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it should be a, a really really fun experience. Can't wait to do it. Um, it's, it's gonna be a good time. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to get to get from uh, Jingle all the way to be in Star Wars. It was a good move. It's going to be great. By the way, I, oh my, I'll tell you guys something offline when we finish up. But um, but yeah, anything else, guys? Anything else you guys want to uh, round about and uh, go um, over? No, I, mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice. for your own shoot. Just be prepared, um, both in knowing what you want to do and also just being prepared to do the difficult things that nobody else will want to. Nice, nice. Ooh. Because if you don't do it, nobody else will. Fair. No, it's very, very true. All right, um, uh, real quick, too, before we wrap up with final thoughts, I do want to say, obviously, thank you for, very much for all of your wonderful support. We appreciate you following us on all the social medias and including YouTube. Um, we are now available on Anchor and Spotify, um, uh, It's which is pretty awesome. Um, Zach was kind enough to set us up with, with that. We are working on other methods as well. Um the um, we do this in support of the episode for Living Nightmares, along with other projects that we have in the pipeline. Um, uh, a couple cool, very exciting things with a couple other creative people uh, that we're bringing along board. Um, we'll be making more further announcements about um, uh, you know uh, about how we're going to handle all that, and how we're going to organize all that. Uh, unfortunately, though, the, you know we do want to continue doing this, and we do want to continue. Um, to provide excellent quality towards these and also towards, of course, Living Nightmares. Um, but it, it does cost money. Um, uh, that is the reality of the situation. 
Um, I know, but I do know right now there's actually a way you guys can help. Um, through Spotify and through Anchor, there's actually opportunities for you guys to lend your support through financials, whether it be um, uh, you know through a one-time donation or through a monthly subscription as well. Um, obviously, any of our biggest donors will have you know some type of uh, some type of contest, some type of involvement, prize, maybe prize involvement, maybe some uh, some free merch, um, and then obviously too, um, we always have you know uh, wonderful a- uh, extra spots on episodes of Living Nightmare that we can always pass out as well. Um, I know that that's a huge thing, but we really do need your support. Um, there's a reason why those Living Nightmare episodes are very slow to make is because they do cost quite a bit of money. Um, to manage and if there's any way that y'all can help by supporting us we would really really appreciate it um, please see the information below on, on how to go ahead and make a monthly a, a monthly donation uh, to us a commitment uh, for a monthly financial we would really really appreciate it um, uh, like I said see the information below and then check us out and follow us on our new channel uh, of Spotify and also of Anchor um, a lot of great podcasts on there as well. Um, great services for podcasts. Um, so, Brandon, you want to wrap it up? Consider you started it. Um, thank you for listening to the Nightmares podcast. Of course, it's me, Brandon, Mark, and Zach, three Chicago filmmakers, talking about everything horror and film production. Uh, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe, and have a very fright-filled week, everyone. Happy Memorial Day, Memorial Day, everybody. Happy um, Memorial Day. Yeah, that too. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> You're welcome. My parents didn't love me enough to buy me Hotel Phonics. <laughs> or they loved you too much to get you Hotel Phonics. <laughs> they already gave up. <laughs> well, this became depressing. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>